jury selection in the Derek Chavin trial. It's actually kind of looking good for Chavin, at least for the time being. This is the George Floyd case. And this guy's being charged with second degree, second degree murder and manslaughter. And we've got a couple things. One, apparently one of the jurors who was selected said Black Lives Matter is too extreme and hasn't seen the George Floyd video. Another juror was a, a woman of color who apparently has a relative who is a cop. So that, interestingly, is, it probably is favorable for Chauvin in, in, in some ways, especially saying Black Lives Matter is a bit too extreme. But I think both sides, so, you know, they, they've, they've, they've expressed themselves in these jurors, so they're probably satisfied with them to a certain degree. But we have another crazy story within this. Jack Posobiec tweeted, one of the jurors said they feared that if their name was released, their home would be attacked by leftist rioters. And they're right. Absolutely correct. I mean, no, no matter what happens, they're not satisfied with even the charges laid out on Chauvin now. They want first degree murder. In fact, I'm sure some of them would be calling for the death penalty. So even if he gets second degree murder, which is extremely unlikely, they're not going to be satisfied. If he ends up with manslaughter, they're not going to be satisfied. And so we have another story. Locals in Minneapolis are starting to freak out because they're genuinely concerned about what's going to happen. So we'll talk about this, a bunch of other stories. But ladies and gentlemen, it's my birthday. It is, in fact, my birthday. And we are hanging out with Cassandra Fairbanks because in a couple of days, it's her, it's her birthday. Double True. Double birthday show. Yeah. And uh, Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, actually, we had a super chat come in right away from... Uh, Henry, who says it's his wife, Rachel's birthday. So oh. shout out to Rachel. Happy birthday. You have a really good birthday, by the way. <laughs> so we're, we're going to chill. We're hanging out. I'm not stressing. It's my birthday. You know, we're going to have a fun time and talk about whatever. And uh, Cassandra, how's it going? Good. No complaints. You want to just introduce yourself? And <laughs> um, I write for Gateway Pundit. I have known Tim forever. I've been on here a few times now. I don't really know how to describe myself. <laughs> you uh, You write? Yes. You cause trouble on Twitter? Yes. Mm. There you go. I am a troublemaker on Twitter. And right. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> For now. I'm going to probably be banned soon. But. Well, it's only a matter of time. I keep telling people to delete their histories. Like, del like every software, you just got to delete everything. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that one woman, that corrupt journalist from Axios who was dating the guy the, in the Biden administration, oh, yeah. and then like, don't worry, it's not a violation of ethics when it like was. She got rewarded with an editor-in-chief position at, at uh, uh, Teen Vogue which is a creepy publication as it is. Yeah. But uh, now they're coming after her for 10-year-old tweets. Whoa. She was like 17, and she tweeted some dumb things. And they're like, she should not be allowed to work here because she failed the purity test 10 years ago. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. I guess, or at least private. Can you private tweets? Private no. stuff? I have mine set to delete every week now. Yeah, you can set your account weeks, to private. Yeah. yeah, just delete it all. Just They have like a bunch of apps. You can just like, delete it all. Don't miss any of it. Text you know, is crazy. What's going on, Ian? Hey, man. It's happy not birthday, your birthday. Tim. No, it's not my birthday. Not until next month, <laughs> April 2nd. Oh, it will be. It's birthday uh, season. Hey, 34 was really good for you, man. It was really fun yeah, to watch. Great yeah, to be fun a part to watch. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see what 35 does. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive for a 34-year-old man to be doing what you're doing. So this is really cool. Well, I'm 35 now. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, it is it's whatever. Just it's it is. Be in a weird it's, place. Who knows? What I'll 50. humiliate you later. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't know. You know, it's no, like, it's you know, you get to 35 and everyone's like, it's your birthday. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, working. It's you're cool, right, man. Yeah. Start a start an empire in your 30s. That's like, that's, that's the impressive. American dream. You Some guess. people's American yeah. dream. Yeah. High school dropout. Yeah, that's pretty dude. impressive. Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier. You know, I hear a lot from a lot of lefties 
they so some guy was accusing me. They love projecting. They really just don't watch this show. They were like, are you going to go around blaming poor people for being poor again? And I was like, when did I ever do that? Like, <laughs> like do you know who I am? I don't come on the show. I'm like, damn, poor people. They're so lazy. I, I don't say that. I'm like usually pretty much like social programs are good. We just need to like weed out the corruption and fix them. And I like talk about how social programs helped me through homelessness. But these people really want to project. They want to assume that simply because I'm like Democrats are crooked. I must be Rush Limbaugh or something. You know, like certain, certainly not. It's so, so easy to yell random stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. And I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I really do think that, you know, it's a combination of hard work, perseverance, and opportunity. You can call it luck. That really helps you get to a certain position. But there was a study, there's a TED talk about a series of studies. And you know, the one trait was they identified in all stories of success. It wasn't height, it wasn't weight, it wasn't gender, it wasn't race, it wasn't class, it wasn't whether you were born in it with a silver spoon in the suburbs or born in this in, in, in the inner city. One thing, perseverance. Mm-hmm. The people who refused to give up and kept working ended up being successful and accomplishing their goals. And when they were asked about it, you know, they found that was the one attribute. Some people who are not that smart but never stopped working ended up building something. And I guess a lot of people... Uh, need to understand that certainly don't think it's anyone's fault if they don't and i'm even in favor of school loan student loan forgiveness in a certain capacity not the way they're doing it we're like write everybody a check huh. i'm yeah. not in favor of that i'd like to forgive the interest that's what i'm saying i'm saying cut the interest off right now you owe what you spent but you know someone who, who borrows 40 grand owing 200 grand later makes no oh, sense that's rough yeah, yeah yeah it's totally brutal yeah I, I i borrowed 20 grand and i have paid about 15 of it off and i owe 21 grand oh right that's gosh. insane it's insane Right, you, you, you've paid back what you were given, you know, or, or it's like you should pay back what you were given, but at a certain point it becomes predatory. So I, I think the first thing we gotta do is stop colleges from doing it. But anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> we're gonna talk about what's going on with this stuff. Don't forget, we got Lydia pressing all the buttons. I am pushing all the buttons in the corner. This is the second birthday I've got to hang out with Tim, which is always fun. George Alexopoulos made a little cartoon for Tim on this illustrious Beanie Appreciation Day. So you guys should check it out over on my Twitter. It's amazing. It's great. It's me <laughs> so feeding <cute>. chickens. <laughs> Feeding chickens, and then I get abducted by aliens, and the chickens are looking up like shocked. <laughs> we are building a chicken city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to highlight that. It's beautiful. We'll film, so cool. we'll film, yeah. we'll, we, should, we should put a camera on the chicken city and just live yes. stream it. <laughs> live I'd chicken. That. Which chicken, chicken is your favorite? I yeah. think we're getting four. Is that, you, you said four, maybe? maybe I don't know. Like we got to see. Like, we, we have a decent amount of space. So Yeah. Oh, I, want we'll, more. I was thinking 12. More chickens. Yeah, I don't know if there's space for that. But we're also going to be doing gardening and stuff. chickens. Oh, yeah. Chicken City. So, uh, my friends, it's my birthday. Do so you know what that means? Go to TimCast.com and become a member to get yes. exclusive access or access to exclusive content. Yesterday was really funny. We were hanging out with Clifton Duncan, and we were talking <laughs> about super straight versus, like, you know, trans issues. And then somehow it turned into a discussion on God and energy yeah, and the universe. <laughs> well, it's like it turned into it. Yeah, it turned it into, like you know, a DMT. And so uh, I have a feeling it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's because everyone's so fascinated by it. <laughs> it it's, is interesting. It's everywhere. It's in all of us. So you can do one of two things or both. You can super chat for my birthday, which I see a lot of people already Thank doing. You Thank you very much. Or just become a member, become a member and stay a member. And we are going to grow and expand. And it's funny because right now we're watching all of these, you know, news outlets. They're just laying people off like crazy. Huffington Post got hit with layoffs. We're like, going to have to learn how to build solar panels really quickly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> build solar pan- learn to build solar panels. <laughs> I like, I like uh, the memes where they're like, perhaps they could take a course 
Perhaps they could take a course on the, uh, what, what do they say? Um, the practical application of software development. Yes. Yes. That. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Learn to code. Are yes, we allowed yeah. to say that now? I don't know. Yeah, learn to code. Like that, yeah, learn yeah. to code. <laughs> the practical application of software development. Yeah. Uh, yeah, become a member. And we got a bunch of stuff up. So uh, let's do that. Let's just, uh, I, I think this will be a, a bit more chill of a day. Because I actually had a lot of people saying, like, don't work, Tim. Mm. Just go and, you know, make s'mores by the fire. And I'm yeah. like, hey, look, it's my birthday. I'm, we don't, we don't, you know, we, we, we'll hang out. We'll talk about stuff. So uh, check this out. For those that aren't familiar, the George Floyd trial, it's the trial of Derek Chauvin is, is, is happening now. There's already been thousands of people protesting and there are fears that riots are going to break out. They're putting up barricades. They're bringing in 2000 National Guard. Earlier today, jury selection was happening and it is particularly boring to watch. And it's really not like the movies. A lot of people don't don't get this. They think it's going to be like the prosecutor saying, Mr. Juror, you tweeted that you were racist. Aha, we've caught you. It's just very much like, thank you for joining us. Um, do you think there's anything that might get in the way of your judgment? No, I don't. I think I'll do a good job. Oh, okay. How do you feel about, you know, the media's coverage? Oh, I wasn't familiar. It's like, oh, okay. It's like very, very dry and boring. Something interesting happened. Jack Posobiec tweets, breaking. Juror number eight says he is concerned rioters will attack his house. If he serves on the jury and his name is released in the George Floyd trial. So goes on to say he uh, adds he would be concerned about them coming after his wife and kids. He's not wrong. <laughs> I, I watched a good amount of the stream today. Not I don't think I saw that part, but um, there were quite a few people who um, who mentioned that. Really? Or like who mentioned being afraid. Wow. Um, yeah. So right. They're not wrong. You know, whenever I talk to lefties about what's going on with the riots and Black Lives Matter, they act like it doesn't happen. They're like, oh, but it was mostly peaceful. And it's like they really do gobble up the mainstream narrative. And I'm like, what does it mean mostly peaceful? Yeah. Like not peaceful because it was mostly like so mostly peaceful means like as a whole, it was violent. That Mostly. Yeah. The lawyer was asking people, he was like, you know, how do you feel about the fact that they had to put up all this stuff outside the courthouse to protect it? Wow. Like, does that freak you out? Does it make you feel more safe? Wait, they were asking the jurors that? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And the guys were like, well, uh, more safe, I guess. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. How do you feel about the fact that? Yeah. Wow, man. So so, uh, it sounds like it's pretty good for Derek Chauvin. Yeah, is that I mean, you confirm that's how you pronounce it as Chauvin? I don't know. I was saying Chauvin like Chauvinism, but oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't Chauvin? Know. Chauvin? Yeah. Chauvin, Chauvin, Chauvin. I don't know where the where the Chauvin, Chauvin, Chauvin. Pronunciations here. We don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but check this out. So we have this story from Fox News. Scary to mm. watch. Minneapolis business owners on edge over possible repeat of riots. Bar owner Dermot Crowley recalls feeling like nobody was in charge last spring, and he's right, man. It's not just him. It's a bunch of other people. You've got. The police department was decimated. They they defunded the police. They all voted for it. Then crime and homicide skyrocketed. And then they were like, uh, what do we do? And then the, the, the constituents started complaining. And then the, the, the city council was like, bring back the police. And now they got to spend, what is it, like $6 million? I think 6.4. Yeah. $6.4 million to bring cops back, right? Yep. Dude. Smart. Is it going to be like fresh cops? Like rookies? Or are they bringing I back? Think, I think so. I, well, I think it'll probably be a lot of rookies, but it'll probably be like from other departments. They got to offer a lot of money. Wow. I think you got to be really dumb to take that job, though. Jeez. Could you imagine? Like, there's a guy on on trial for second degree murder. And we can can criticize, you know, I I think manslaughter is the argument, not murder at all. But we've already seen the photo. They were trained. 
to do exactly what he did. Yeah, I don't think that he should even be found guilty of manslaughter. And I had people, tw- I tweeted this the other day, and of course people are really upset about it, but then somebody was like, well, they have to find him at least guilty of something because otherwise the city's going to burn. And Dude. I was like, what the hell kind of logic is that? That's, That's horrible. Cool. They're collectivists. It is better that the collective survives and the individual suffer. That's like that's that's like Bismarck. When was it Otto von Bismarck? Is that his name? Yeah, the German. He, he said it was better that ten innocent people suffer than one guilty Oof. person escape. It wasn't it the opposite of that though. Well, the Blackstone's formulation is it is better that ten guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Right. This guy was the authoritarian who was like, it is better that 10 innocent people suffer uh, than one guilty person geez. escape. Nah. Uh-uh. It's like straight up mob rule. Like yeah. this guy tweeted at me like so earnestly about it. And I was just like dumbfounded. Like it takes a lot to shock me on Twitter now. Like <laughs> I lurk the pretty bad, weird parts of the internet. But I was like, wow, people like actually believe this. They actually believe that whether he's guilty or not is irrelevant because the city will burn. Yep. That's horrible. You think he's... Not just your opinion is he's not like what he did because we're talking. I don't about think an, he should be found guilty of anything at all. The the knee on the neck for what nine minutes? They were trying to a, do the knee on the neck, right? The only real argument is did he do it too long? Yeah, it was a long. Time. And the problem with that is manslaughter is like basically you were negligent and you caused someone's death. There's an argument, okay, that he was kneeling too long, and when George Floyd became unresponsive, they should have been monitoring the situation better. But also, I think we it's 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 hard to know, man. People seem they see these things and they're like, I know exactly what I would do in that situation. You give somebody we talked about this. We, we talked about it the other day. You give someone a handgun who's never shot a handgun before and they're surprised they can't hit anything with it and then try and put them in one of these situations. And they think they know what would happen. For all we know, Chavin was just like his mind was going a mile a minute and he's got people around him screaming right. and filming. And so he's just totally pulled from the moment. And he's he's kneeling on uh, on George Floyd because the tra- they were trained to do it, <clears throat> and he did it for several minutes too long without. But the thing is, though, like I watched that video, and I feel like I watched a completely different video than the left because George Floyd was out of control. Like, what were they supposed to do? They had him in the cop car, and then he was like, "No, I got to get out. I got to lay down. I got to lay, lay down." On, he said, "Lay me on the ground three times." And so they keep saying that they were worried about like excited delirium because he yeah. was clearly on drugs. We're in the middle of pandemic. He wasn't wearing a mask. He had the coronavirus, didn't he? Yes. And so what are they supposed to do? They have to keep that guy's head away from them. It's a pandemic. (laughs) That's crazy, too. We're seeing it everywhere. I saw a toxicology report that said that he was intoxicated on fentanyl. Yeah. And other things. Everything. Yeah. Caffeine he had in his system. No, there was like fentanyl and and, and like. Methamphetamines, I I believe. Yeah. And caffeine was one, too, they found. So Um, Tucker was bold. Tucker said he did die of overdose, but the, the medical examiner said that's not what he reported. That I guess the general idea from the medical examiner is it was a combination of all of these factors, which I guess the suggestion is if he wasn't restrained that way, he would not have died. Hmm. Oh, I see. So yeah. I saw two medical examiner reports. One was from the family and they said asphyxiation death. And then another one came out and said it was a heart failure. And that could have been brought on by the, it was, the trauma it was. from the neck. They said it was an underlying heart condition with drugs in the system mm-hmm. and, you know, combined with the restraint. So I guess the, the, the issue is, do you trust the family when they come out and they say, oh, yeah, it's exactly what They're everyone said it was? They're not using that report. I don't trust right. anyone at yeah. face value. I want more. I want to look at all the evidence. I think he's going to. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a, there's a strong possibility. Like we're looking. Let, let, let me let me pull this juror thing real quick so I can give some context. The Daily Mail says revealed. 
white chemist who thinks Black Lives Matter is too extreme and hasn't seen the George Floyd video, and woman of color who's related to a cop are the first two jurors selected in Derek Chauvin's trial. So that so far, I'm like, that sounds favorable for Chauvin. I mean, a guy who thinks Black Lives Matter is too extreme, he's probably approaching this from a, a more neutral, but I mean, it sounds like he's biased against Black Lives Matter. Not that I think Black Lives Matter will play a big role in whether or not Chauvin did right or wrong, because it's not like George Floyd was literally a Black Lives Matter activist. But then you have this woman who's related to a cop. So to what degree is she related to him? Is it like her uncle she doesn't talk to? Or is it, you know, her brother who tells her stories every single day? Right. You know, that, that, I think that'll be interesting related to a police officer. But I, th- I think either way, so far, this leans in his favor, especially when you consider all of these jurors, like, like you were mentioning, have to walk into this building surrounded by barricades and razor wire and cops. And then they're like, how do you feel knowing they had to do this? That's crazy. And, and who was it? Was it, it was the defense attorney asking that? Mm-hmm. That's like, a great question. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, his question, I thought he was great. I actually really like the lawyer. I think he's clever. The defense guy. Yeah. I wonder how much the prosecutors really want to to sink Chauvin as well. Because mm-hmm. th- th- that's the thing. That's why I say I don't know what's going to happen because there's politics involved. Mm-hmm. And politics can make this go any direction. Yeah. It, it could be we can't let the city burn. So just throw them, throw them in the gulag and throw away the key. Maybe. Or maybe they're like, we are suffering. The homicide rate is through the roof. The riots are going to happen no matter what we do. Yeah. And if we lock this cop up, we're not going to be able to get any more cops in this city. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Considering they're spending, was it six point four million? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, you know, throw it, throw it to the to the to, uh, to the prosecutor, just like, you know, throw the throw the case, let him win, let him get off, and then we can say we did what we we're supposed to do. They're gonna riot no matter what we do, and then we can tell all the cops, don't worry, you won't go to prison. I'm kind of nervous about the juror that said he was afraid they were gonna attack his family. If so, that means like, if he's afraid of of being, if he's being, that sounds like he's being coerced already. Like, why would you put a juror on the jury that... Well, why wouldn't you be afraid that they're going to attack your family? Yeah. I mean, people will come to your house and launch fireworks at it for mean tweets. I mean... That was you. Yeah. Yeah, it's messed up. I have a really uh, strong opinion about this because of personal it, yeah. experience. But, I mean, why wouldn't you think that? Like, Minneapolis activists were going to people's houses. They had a doxing Facebook group where they posted addresses and different things of people who were Trump supporters. Like they had a mob go to somebody's house just because they had a Trump flag last year. I, I was, I, I, we were, we were talking. It was last year. It was the day that happened to you, and I was talking about how, like, with all the riots going on, you know, at the house, we got to be, we got to be careful, and everybody should be vigilant, and you know, keep your eyes and ears open and ready because we might start seeing these people show up, show up at houses. And I remember some of my friends were just like, I don't think so, man. No, look, like they're protesting and rioting, but they're not going to people's houses. Mm. And then like the next, like yeah, the, next the next day, day. I see Cassandra <laughs> being like, they were at my house banging on the doors, firing fireworks. And I'm just like, let's get that house. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Let's go move to the woods. I was, I was covering the riot that night and it was like two miles from my house. You know where I lived. It was, you know, pretty close to the White House. And it was the night they burnt that church. And I was talking to my boyfriend on the phone and I was like, I'm kind of freaked out. I got like way more specific death threats than normal today because i get them all the time but like people are messaging me like my address and dming me my address and all this stuff and i was like i'm a little worried but i guess i'm gonna go to bed and then like literally two minutes after i got off the phone i was here like (laughs) i was like wow and it was fireworks they were shooting your window yeah so i heard this car come up and they like screeched around the corner and it was right after the riot ended so i was covering the riot and i was like okay it looks like it's all done everybody's you know settling down it was like four o'clock in the morning and then like 
just minutes later, I hear this car like screech and then slam the brakes because I lived on a corner. And they like turn that way. And then they get out and like fireworks just start launching at my house. And then I hear somebody banging on my window with what sounded like a stick or something. And then you had some media activist yeah. go around claiming that you made up made the whole story up. Yeah, well, he that's said that. Fun. He, so he said that he talked to my neighbors who had a Black Lives Matter flag mm-hmm. in their window. But my boyfriend went over there and was like, "Hey, did you talk to him?" And they were like, "No, nobody even came here." Yeah, um, fake news. And and they came to like my Halloween party and stuff. Like I'm friendly with them. Yeah. And so they were like, we'll go on record saying he's lying if you wow. want. But yeah, he claimed That's, that like there was just happened to be fireworks at my house Were you at 4 a.m. Was it first floor? Yeah. And were there bars on the windows? No. So I, yeah, it was not fun. And my daughter was home. That's wicked, so. man. So earlier, there's this like there's like this uh, controversy going on right now with Twitter. New York Times as a New York Times reporter who is, you know, tweeting about how she's getting harassed. I don't know if you saw these tweets. Oh, I just tweeted about that, yeah. So uh, I'll just say that I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, contribute to the fire. So I think I'll just leave the name, leave her name out of it. Yeah. But she's a, she's a prominent, you know, um, I guess, I don't want to say culture war <laughs> because she doesn't entirely cover culture war subjects, but she does, you know, dip her feet into the culture war issues and cause trouble. She had tweeted that this VC guy, Mark Andreessen, said the R word <gasps> on Clubhouse. <gasps> And it wasn't true. <laughs> and so she tweeted today. It's like, you know, international. I think it was, was it about International Women's yeah. Day or something? She's like, my life, uh, my life has been destroyed by online harassment or something. And then she linked to some site that's advocating for like online, like ending online violence. So they view mean tweets and <laughs> harassment as violence. And so it, you end up with like Glenn Greenwald and Michael Tracy and just a bunch of I, I'm not going to, they're not conservatives. They're just like the politically homeless sect of, you know, former Common liberal sense. journalists saying like, your life was not destroyed. This is so over the top. And this is somebody with all the institutional power of the New York Times. Meanwhile, they shut the Cassandra's house <laughs> with fireworks harassing you and your family. And that's like, you're a liar. Yeah, they ran cover for the people who yep. did it. And nope. I had, like, police officers willing to go on record saying it happened, too. Like, I know people in the D.C. police department. They were like, clearly this happened. Like, we saw the fireworks. We found them. But, yeah. Whatever happened. They ran what, cover. What happened to those people that ran that article? Nothing. Or that ran cover, really? Yeah. Would you have been able to sue them? Probably. But, but they, they use clever, clever tactics. So a source familiar with the incident told me it never happened. Oh. And then you're like, who? And they'll say, I don't have to give up my source. Huh. <laughs> You'll sue for discovery, and then there will be no communications. You know, you'll sue for defamation. It'll go to discovery. There'll be no communications, and they can just assert and say, "I have a source, and I will not reveal you it." Told me in an alley. Yeah, yep. right. yeah. yeah. I use encrypted communications, and I will not share. You are hereby instructed. Then you can arrest me on the spot. Ugh, and then they then they get paraded around by left like they're true journalists defending oh. their sources. It's just the easiest way. There's a bunch of other clever things too, with like anti-slap laws. So uh, slap laws are strategic lawsuits against public participation, and that it's anti-slap, meaning they don't want, like, the New York Times and news outlets to be sued into oblivion because they criticize people in power or billionaires. So the idea is, if you're a public figure, they have to knowingly defame you. So it's called actual malice. The problem is, they do tons of clever things where they, they, they'll say, like, when, when we have someone on the show— I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a general example of something that's probably not confront, uh, 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 controversial, but can be. You know. So let's say I I said something like, 
Remember when Ian told us, I have a pen? Yeah, Ian said, I have a pen. They'll then say in an article, Tim Pool, comma, who has said on his podcast, I have a pen, comma. That phrase in and of itself is, is meaningless. Oh. But imagine if you were quoting someone who said something offensive. Imagine if you were like, can you believe Ian when he said, I don't like, you know, chocolate ice cream? Then what they'll do is they'll say, you know, Tim Pool on his show who said, That's and then they'll- gross. Yeah, it's, 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 how the, oh, it's, wow. it's how they do it. They won't say that you were quoting someone when nope. he's- and, and, and you can't sue him because it's true. You oh, did say awful. those words. Yeah. Oh, logic. Look at, look logic at, defies well, reason. I tried to... I, well, I did file a lawsuit against a fusion reporter after the OK sign. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, I hadn't even seen the 4chan meme. Everybody was doing the OK sign because Trump does it like when he's making a point during a speech. Right. He'll be like, OK, you know, whatever. And so everybody just started doing it. And we were I was at the White House and I was trolling. And I was like, oh, we're taking over this liberal space. So we took a picture it was um, you and Cernovich, right? Yeah, doing the OK sign. But it was like we were trolling in the way like we're Trump supporters in, you know, your sacred little area. Not like, hey, white power. Right, right, right. Puerto Rican. <laughs> um, and, and Cernovich is married to a Persian woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> this woman from Fusion started tweeting that like we were making the white power sign, started tweeting the 4chan memes. And I was like. I've never even seen this, you know. I th- and, I, and I think so. You ended but, up losing that. Well, yeah, but they they ruled that she did defame me, but mm-hmm. that it was, um, I couldn't win the def- defamation suit because I was deliberately trolling on Twitter. Oh, right, 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 right. And so it was like, oh, there you go. Yes, I was trolling, but I was trolling in a different way. But whatever, we ended up I th- I not think pursuing it further. It was easily provable that she knew she was lying because what this, what this, uh, I don't want to call her a journalist. Uh, what she did was she took an image from 4chan, a meme image from 4chan, but then linked something from the Anti-Defamation League that showed something totally different. Right. So the Anti-Defamation League link showed like a two hand gesture maneuver. Yeah. But then she attached a 4chan meme to it to make people think. They were the same thing. She knew that wasn't true, unless she is the dumbest person on the planet. Well, now they still Which claim that it is. Like it's everywhere now. Like everybody's like that means white power, and it's like the OK does symbol. It? Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do it. But it's ridiculous I, I know what because you're talking about. so because when Trump talks, he makes the the, the hand sign all the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he you know he, he's talking and he'll go like this with his hands. And so you, I think it was wasn't it like Milo who started doing. I think it was Milo. It was somebody. And then 4chan said. Let's make it a meme where it's a it's a P and a W. Oh, and uh, oh my gosh. and these. So here's here's the thing, right? You, you, you have these individuals, you know, people like Gavin McInnes and uh, other right wing provocateurs, I guess. I'm not saying Gavin specifically, but there are right wing provocateurs and they laugh at the idea that the liberals are wrong and they believe these fake things. Right. And I'm just like, I don't think they actually believe it. I think they're laughing at you saying, how dumb of you to give us ammunition. And now they're laughing. They're sitting back with their feet up, you know, clipping their, clipping their cigar and smoking, being like, these guys are so dumb. They think they're trolling us and we're using everything against them. And it works. Meanwhile, you have these right wing dudes laughing, being like, look, they really believe it means white power. And the journalist is like, I don't. Does I just think it's going to destroy your, your, your politics and it's going to give me political power. So thanks for doing that. And yep. that's it. They've got so many clickbait stories out of that. Every time that some random person does an OK sign in a picture, they're like, yeah. white supremacists at football game. Yeah. Like, like right. there was there, there was uh, that picture of like the basketball players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, I, 
Yeah, they, they do the three-pointer sign, yeah. which is not necessarily the same thing. You hold oh, up three fingers. those three fingers. And so they were like, they're throwing up white power. And there was like this, there, there, there was, <sighs> I guess what happened was like, there was something in the window of like a store. And then I guess they smashed the window up because it was what? a basketball player yelling three, three-pointer. Oh, I remember that. These people are nuts. Oh, and, and then wasn't it uh, the Covington kids? Mm-hmm. When you remember, remember the Covington kids? Yeah. yeah. So they're like on the stairs of the Lincoln you know, Memorial and the Native American guy shows up. People started posting photos from the high school where in the basketball game, they're holding up the three-pointer sign. And they're like, the school are white supremacists. Oh, and, my God. But here, here's what happens, man. Why was it that all of these mainstream news outlets put out that fake story about Nick Sandman claiming he did this thing he didn't do? They don't care if it's true or false. They care if it gets them clicks and make, makes them money. Right. And then what happens is, dude, I know so many normies politically uninitiated people who believe the stupidest, craziest, insane stuff ever. It's blue anon. Mm-hmm. It's blue anon. Oh, right? I love that phrase. Me too. It is. But like they're screaming that Donald Trump staged an insurrection. And like, you know, I'm just like, I know, but like what what ha- what about when like the feminists stormed into the, the Senate and you know congressional buildings like three times? Remember Big that? Big text protecting them though. Did you see Urban Dictionary took uh blue anon out? They put yeah. it back. They put oh, they did. It, they, they did put it back, but they did, yeah, they took it down. So this is the craziest thing. Urban Dictionary, which is supposed to be where you define colloquial terms used in you know modern settings, deleted Blue Anon because Blue Anon was basically saying it is a reference to Democrat voters and individuals who believe unhinged conspiracies about Russian collusion and that mobs and militias are going to storm the Capitol at any moment and they need razor wire. And so Urban Dictionary took it down. That's not it's, it's not it's not hate speech. It's not uh, uh, disparaging anybody based on race or gender identity. They took it down because it's always been political. So it's, it's politics. I thought Urban Dictionary was like where normal people would go and kind of crowdsource the meaning of these up and coming, you know, the kids these days are using these words like yeah. yeet or whatever. I don't yeah. know what kids are saying these days. YOLO. But I was like, I don't know what yeet means. You don't know what? Is it Y3T? Is that yeet? Yeet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like to throw like, something yeah. out. Yeah, it's like to get rid of it. Yeah, oh, I know, it. I know, unfortunately. There's another word. And, you know, oh, these, these, these dangle kids, they use the skull emoji for laughing instead of the, like, you know. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like, laughed yeah. so hard I died. Dying, Literally yeah. dead. <laughs> Literally dying. We could do a whole show on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. But it, there was a point where Urban Dictionary started banning words that were offensive. Like, when who was runs that? that? Uh, I don't know. Huh. I mean, look at, look at Miriam. I think it was Miriam Webster that changed. Well, we talked about this before. They changed the definition of gender to create a paradoxical loop. Oh, yeah. They yes. Put, they put gender in the definition. Yeah. Right. They put yeah. the word gender in the definition of gender. So it's like now it becomes a paradox. So Crazy. Do you remember when Maisie Hirono? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In, it, it, com- it becomes an incur- a cursive. A recursive in, loop. An in, uh, uh, incur- recursion? Recursion. Probably recursion. Recursion. Yeah. recursion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Recursive loop. Yeah. Do you remember when Maisie Hirono was saying that saying the word sexual orientation were offensive? Oh, and Merriam-Webster right. went in and changed it so that this was obviously a pejorative. It never been before. This is the. This, 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 so this is, this is how it works, man. There are a lot of people who need to wake the F up. So we had we had Clifton Duncan on the show the other day, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, a, he says, Broadway veteran, classically trained actor. Everybody apparently loved the sound of his voice. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about how he's like a liberal guy and he's still very liberal on policy, but he's like watching all this go down and most people agree with him. And he's like, I got to say something and speak up. And like, now here he is on this show talking about what's going on in his industry and what he's experiencing. But there are a lot of people who don't pay attention and they hear in the news some insane thing like, did you hear that Amy Coney Barrett said some like 
like homophobic thing at the at the trial? Whoa, or at the at the confirmation hearing? What did she say? I don't know. It was like apparently like caused a huge like uproar. Like I can't believe she said what she said. And then all of a sudden you have all these normies who don't pay attention just thinking she said something when she literally didn't. What do you what do you guys think is the best way to red pill people like that? I don't like the phrase red pill. Yeah, it's kind of vague. And it, it kind of no, insinuates it's, it's abrupt. Like, because in Neo, when he takes the red pill, he's like shocked into reality. But I don't, I don't want to, uh, necessarily entertain the concept that one tribe has all the answers necessarily. Yeah. Like, when they say, you know, red pills, I, I say like, sure, but the people who use the phrase red pill aren't always right. And I don't want to be a tribal thing where you go to someone who might not agree with conservatives. Like, like, Clifton clearly was not conservative. And so his worldview is very, very different from people who are conservative, who are more likely to use those phrases. However, that being said, if we're into the fair assessment and definition of what red pill is, I think Michael Malice's definition, what, what, what does he basically say when white, white pilling? No, no, red pill. Michael Malice's definition of red pilling is that when you realize the narrative of the corporate press yeah, is you know it's like the cathedral is wrong. They're right. lying. To yeah, you. yeah, they're lying to you. The corporate press. So it's all about it's all about looking past the media. corporate press. Yeah. It's 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 remarkable when I have a conversation with someone and they're like, "Look, man, you know all these people rioting and protesting. Yeah, but Trump staged an insurrection." And I'm like, they were banging on the doors of the Supreme Court building when Kavanaugh was there. They changed the definitions in dictionaries to smear the Supreme Court justices they don't like. They, the women in the pink hats literally stormed into the congressional buildings, occupying every floor and got I Congress shut that. down. When was that? Yeah, that was the day of the Kavanaugh hearing. 2018? I, yeah, I, yeah. I filmed the left storming Congress a bunch yeah. of times. <laughs> it yeah. happens all the time. It happens frequently. And, I mean, I was talking to one of my friends who's a, a officer in D.C., and he was like, man, it was bad. It was bad. And I was like, yeah, but this happens all the time. Like, how many times have I filmed them storming the Capitol building? That's like, why I lost my press pass because I was filming people storming the Capitol building. Wow. But that's thought why, that I was with them. That's why it's crazy that Ashley Babbitt was shot. Yeah. And right now, I guess her represent her family and, and their representation is saying there was no threat to the, that, that guy on the other side of the door. No one had breached the door. She was standing up to look through the window and he was not threatened with anything. She was not flashing anything. He just saw her face. Not only that, there were cops apparently below that allowed those people to go up the stairs. Wow. And I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I do know in the video you watch the cops like walk up right after she got shot. They're there. Yeah. They were literally there. So it's remarkable that you can have all these women storm into which building was it? It was like it was all of them. Wasn't I think it? it was. I know it was. In, I filmed it the, in Heart. Right, right, right. And they're like uh, on every floor. But I and think screaming. It, there was yeah. a bunch of buildings. Yeah. And they shut. They, didn't it shut down Congress? Yeah, I believe so. But they don't call it an insurrection. They didn't say it was an insurrection. They say it was, well, they were fighting for women's rights. Well, didn't That's they, allowed. Didn't they get into the elevator with congressmen and scream at them in their yep. faces? Would that not be considered And an those elevators are for Congress members right. only. That was wild. It's making me think about the corporate press and the whole, don't question the vote. And it's all like, don't question the vote. It's not, Don't question the vote online because we'll ban your account. Don't no, question no, no, the vote on. at the Capitol because it's... Well, hold on. Don't even show Donald Trump speaking right. at CPAC. Don't quote him saying it. They banned RSB. They suspended RSBN for two weeks and gave him a strike for simply showing Donald Trump speaking. That's insane. Ford Fisher, journalist. He, 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 his footage of Donald Trump speaking on January 6th was used by a bunch of news outlets because he, he licenses it out. They banned him. They, they apparently like uh, suspended, his, not banned, but they suspended his channel, gave him a strike. Meanwhile, the New York Times and all these other outlets use the exact same footage. So I think what we're seeing is 
it's it's not so much about the rules are meaningless. What it really is, they're waiting. They're sitting there saying we only want corporate establishment press. We want the cathedral's narrative to be the only narrative. However, they need an excuse to ban people. They, they there was a lot of there, there were a lot of problems when they started randomly banning people, and it led to huge press cycles of like, why was this person banned? They didn't break any rules. Then you get people all tweeting like crazy. We demand you reinstate them, and then they're pressured into reinstating people. But when you see someone get banned, and then they say you posted a video that broke this rule, it's definitive. I'll tell you this. I've had people hit me up and they're like, yo, Tim, my channel got shut down. I don't know why. Can you help me out? And I'm like, for sure. What happened? They say this video got taken down and now I can't upload. And then I look at the video and I'm like, you, you showed that news story. Like if, if I send this to Google and say, Hey, this is incorrect. They're going to say, no, it's not. We said you can't show that news story. It's probably bunk. It's probably a, a BS reason, but it's like, what, you know, what real argument do you have for like a big boycott or a big push when they, they broke the rule? So certainly we still push back and say that, that shouldn't be a rule. You should be allowed to express your opinion and say what you want to say. But from a technical standpoint, you end up with some low level Google employee that like I might be able to email or have access to. And they're going to be like, I just can't override my boss. The rules are the rules. We told everybody in January, you can't say these things or show these things in any context. So now Donald Trump's speeches are being removed. Ultimately, I think it's going to be really, really good for Trump. I think it's going to be really good for Trump. I mean, look what happened at Dr. Seuss books. They banned him and now they're like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, like they, people, they, the more you ban something, the more people want to hear it. But it's I always going to be that way. I think with Trump, one of the biggest problems he had was that he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Hmm. It benefited him in a lot of ways. His ability to control the narrative and bypass the press really angered the press. But they're addicted to him. They're still addicted to him. They're calling it the Trump slump now because <gasps> ratings across the board have, have been collapsing. Layoffs are happening. Media is falling apart. But now if Trump comes back and runs again, he can directly email everybody. But that is a lot more arduous than a tweet. You've like we get these emails now. Everyone's, like, I guess, getting them from the office of the 45th. <sighs> and I don't even know how my emails are in that system. But yeah. if, I, he got him. He, he <laughs> got my email. And now it's just going direct to my mailbox. Oh. But think about this. He's not going to be able to tweet or go on YouTube and say anything. So the only thing that will come from Trump is going to be the like purest distilled version of Trump without the, the, the nonsensical tweets calling someone horseface. I mean, unless he hops on parlor or something. Which he should, in my he opinion. He sure should. I mean, he's got to be careful about drawing the ire of the ISPs. Be cool to see him start up his own ISP and social network. Isn't Mike Lindell? He is. Yeah, I have that article pulled up, actually. <laughs> is yeah, he really? That. He is. My pillow. Awesome. Uh, my Pillow CEO Mike Lindell says he is yeah. launching his own social media site in the next four or five weeks after being barred from Twitter for election fraud claims. <laughs> now I'll tell you this: Mike Lindell wasn't just barred from Twitter. What did like RSBN was interview? He was being interviewed, and they they turned his mic off. Yeah, and oh. on uh, Newsmax, one of the anchors stormed off because Mike Lindell wouldn't stop talking about wow. you know, the election. And you know, you know, like the crazy thing is, man. Look, with all due respect, Crowder even talked about. The claims Mike Lindell has made, and he's like, I'm sorry someone gave him bad information. It's just not true. Because mm -hmm. like a lot of the stuff Mike Lindell put out, I guess, this is what Crowder was saying. Some of the counties where he claimed impropriety happened don't even use Dominion voting machines. And oh. Crowder confirmed that. Granted, Crowder did his own investigation where he found crazy stuff. He found Here's the thing, though. Like, the mainstream media pushed the Russia hoax for years. <laughs> yep. 
like yep. and we we can't censor them so why should he be censored even if he's knowingly putting out false information which i don't think is the case but even if he was he has a right to do that everybody yep. has a right to lie you're it, lying is not illegal well the it's still first amendment protected it speech it is yep the 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 government has outsourced censorship to yeah. corporations oh, it's how you it's how you it, yeah it's the, it's how you destroy the constitution so what you see in like uh it, it's a scaling problem for sure think about like the 1700s when you had you know i guess what did they have flintlock pistols and muskets mm -hmm. and you're walking around the small town the buildings aren't very big the population's not particularly dense but you can be armed and everybody you know a lot of people typically were well until the, the redcoats started seizing people's weapons which you know, led to part of the, you know, a lot of the revolution, a lot of the sentiment towards it. But now look at Chicago, for instance, ridiculously dense buildings everywhere, massive buildings. And on every building in Chicago, there's a sign with a gun and a, and a you know, a circle around it and a line going through it. You can't bring weapons in here. So even though you have the right to bear arms, not on private property. Now I can respect that. If someone's got a store and they're like, I don't want you to come in here with a gun because we got to deal with burglars or whatever. And I don't know who I'm supposed to trust. And I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. That I get. You can go to the next store. But what happens when there's one store? What if there was only like, you guys have seen Idiocracy? Where, I still haven't. What, what was it? Like I Cost, see it Costco? Costco. There was Welcome one. To Costco, I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they show like, so it's 500 years in the future. Mike Judge is a genius, by the way. And uh, they're going to the store and it's this massive, like multi square mile mass, you know, Costco. And it's just, that's the future. But what if that was the only place you could go to get resources and they wouldn't let you speak and any, say anything or bear arms? The issue is, well, if I have to go into this place, like imagine if a private company bought all of the land in Chicago. And then if you wanted to walk into the city, you, you, you lost all your constitutional rights. Like that's the problem. Because Facebook and these websites are in virtual spaces, they're getting away with doing it. You know, Republicans weren't smart. The Republican politicians were too stupid to do anything about it. But I'll tell you this. I think the Republican politicians, for the most part, are, what's the right word for it? They're like dangling keys to keep Republicans distracted. Well, who was it who was reading Dr. Seuss recently? Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy. So, wow. Very, he didn't very, even very, read one of the so band brave. ones. Exactly. So brave. <laughs> killed me. But, th but think about this. That's that's what you voted for. Mm. He's reading. He's reading one of these books. Green eggs, green and, eggs ham. and ham, baby. Didn't they ban no. green eggs and ham? No, really? Yeah, no. that's not that's one like of them. The most wholesome book. Yeah. No, okay. Okay. So that's what he does. What was he doing? And 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, or if I'm if I'm out of out of turn in saying so. Where was he when they were tearing down statues? Where where was he when across Very the country? Quiet. Where was he when in Wisconsin, Black Lives Matter rioters tore down a statue of Hans Christian Hegg, a Civil War hero? Who fought to? He was an abolitionist who fought to end slavery, and he gave his life doing so. Where, where, where were these Republicans? A few when, of them spoke out. Right, absolutely. Yeah. But, but look, are we going to sit here and be like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul are cool dudes? I don't like lumping them in with like Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah, they're very different. Rand Paul's they're, they're unique. He's you know? Yeah, he's great. I don't Rand know much about Tom Massey, but I, I like him. Unicorn. He's great. I love too. Massey. Unicorn. He's one cool. of my favorites. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they should start a new party. Uh, it's cyclical. But then they, then they don't yeah. win. And so I certainly think they need to do a new party, but Trump is like, we're not going to do it. Why? It would work if the left did it too. If they, the left started well, a progressive yeah. social democrats. But do you saw what just happened in Nevada? Yeah. Wow. No. Let me. Let me. Actually, do we have this one pulled up or not? I think we do. I thought we did. No, we don't. Let oh. me see if I can pull something we could up. Could jump to it, yeah. If we had two new parties, then they nobody's could go, guaranteed. Like the far sides That'd could cool. go at it. Yeah, that's, right. that's how Lincoln got into office. There was a four-party mm -hmm. run that year. Check this out. Oh, this is cool. 
Nevada Democratic Party staff quits en masse after <laughs> socialists win leadership roles. That's the news. The Democratic, uh, card-carrying members of the Democratic Socialists won leadership positions in Nevada. So the entire, like, staff from the party quit. Why? Sour grapes? I, uh, I mean, I gotta be honest. Like, would you wanna have the party leaders be socialists? How does that, what's card-carrying yeah, socialists? Is there literally, like, a socialist party of Democratic America? Socialists of America and their dues-paying members. So when I say card-carrying member, I mean they literally pay dues to the organization to be an official member. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they actually get cards or anything. Are maybe. they hardcore socialist? Like, oh, let's, yeah. let's give the... What means of production of the state or is that yes. communist? That's communist, right? No, 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 that's socialism. Means of production of the they're, state. They're, they're very, very similar, communism and socialism. Socialism paves the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communism is, I mean, they're almost identical. It's, it's almost interchangeable. But the democratic socialists think that we should have full-on seizing the means of production so long as people vote for it. Oh. To, to, a certain, to a certain extent. Democratic communism. I'm fine with people voting for what they want. And it creates a problem if everybody in the country wants socialism and other people don't. I mean, that's how our system works. The problem is the tactics they use to get what they want. Lying, cheating, and stealing. For sure. And ignorance, manipulation. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, sure. and I can already hear the, the screams and the squeals of democratic socialists saying, but what about Republicans and the conservatives and the far right? And I'm like, yes. Okay. Like, what about us? Moving on. So not that annoys me about no. the democratic socialists is that they're, I align with them pretty hard on foreign policy. And then it's like, they'll say something that makes perfect sense. And I'm like, oh, wow, this person like gets it. And they're leftist. Cool. <laughs> and then I read their t rest of their tweets. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're crazy, though. <laughs> right, right. There's, there's too crazy. much. <sighs> so I, I, I saw something on Reddit where it was from uh, Bernie Sanders subreddit. And it said, it, it was basically the meme that was like, you know, Joe Biden's dropping a lot of bombs for someone who owes me $2,000. And I'm like, yes. Like, Correct. I think 85% of people in this country agree, stop blowing up kids and start giving out checks. Yeah. And Biden just like, I love that meme where Robotnik's just gleefully smashing the vaporized Syrians button. So the, the, the problem, I think there's, 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 there's two problems. I do think a lot of these DSA types, oh, do you guys see, do you, you saw the meeting of the DSA that went viral. Oh. Mm, you I saw this so. a while ago, right? Yeah, where like six months ago, where it's like they can't ago? stop fighting over their identities. Oh yeah, like, like stop that, saying not. guys. You said, hey guys, don't say that. It's like jazz hands. Yeah, yeah. everyone's doing jazz hands. Ugh. Um, clapping is triggering people's anxiety, and then the guy gets really mad. Like I told you, it's making me anxious, and like <laughs> it's really great. I'm sure that's on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it. it's a really awful thing. It's like how are you going to function as a society if you're doing things like this? But I, I appreciate. The uh, anti-war stuff, especially. The problem is that weird, creepy, critical theory, identity-based stuff that is just... When I see that stuff, I really just... It looks like, you know, what's, what's, that, what's that fabric you use for, like, when you're moving stuff? And it's like... It's just like a bunch of lint mashed together. Mm -hmm. Oh, like and, moving blankets. Yeah, and it's all just like various bits of fabric that were just pressed. Particle in, board. It's almost like particle yeah. board. Yeah. And that's what I see on like all of these random things. There's no unification. There's no unity. There's no structure. They're all just randomly pressed in here, yelling at each other about how their identity is wrong and their identity is wrong. And Obama called it a circular firing squad. Yeah, that, I can see it. Maybe that's why their whole platform is like opposing things. They don't actually seem to have real coherent policies. They just want to fight everything that the right wing is doing. I think that's true for everybody, though. Yeah, a like little Kevin bit. Kevin McCarthy's reading Dr. That's Seuss. So, like, hey, dude. So it's silly. part of why I don't like ant the term anti-war, because I feel like it's just opposing something. But it, rather than focusing on a new structure that 
war is not a part of, you know, like, I don't know, drone delivery of, of yeah. food and water. Into yeah, orbit. maybe maybe we need to get away from this anti thing, because the opposite of war is not anti-war. It's not war. You know yeah, what I mean? Like peace. Yeah. Right. It's peace. So maybe we need to stop saying, you know, we they're, they're for war. We're against war. It should just be like we're for peace. Mm-hmm. This is what we are for. This is what we are pushing. Peace. You know, not like that. Not not this kind of combat stuff. Instead, I guess, what do we get? There's that meme where like the bombers are dropping. It's like Republicans is a regular military jet and Democrats has like a rainbow flag on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like dropping a bomb on kids. And yeah, that's that's about it. Bombing it's... the Middle East with diversity. Yes. <laughs> yep. There was there was there's a funny Sorry. meme I, I just saw. Someone said, I can't believe they did the meme. It they on did. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was Biden in like the office saying like, here's your, you know, like new military leadership. And it's like a woman of color or something. And then they're like showing the meme where it's two Middle Eastern people as a drama is bopped on them. Dr- a, dr- a bomb <laughs> is dropped on them. <laughs> What did I say? What did I say? Bomb is, you said drama a drama is bopped. Is bopped. A drama is bopped on them. <laughs> uh, a bomb is dropped on them. Cup and they're talkers. like, they're like, I, I'm, you know, it's so exciting that we're being bombed by a woman part of color. Of history. Yeah. yeah, we're part yeah. of history. <laughs> That's they get. totally did it. They did that meme. Well, so anyway, like back to the, you know, the Democrats quitting or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think the Democratic Party is collapsing. I think the the leftists are winning. Is this going to start happening more often? Definitely. Okay. And the worrying thing about it, in my opinion, is that, I mean, dude, I I I think socialism is bad. There's a big difference between between like social policy and socialism. And what they do is they'll either because a lot of their members are ignorant or because they're willfully manipulating people. They'll say Denmark is a socialist country, and look how well they're doing. Right. And then you're like, they're they're a capitalist system with a welfare structure. Socialism is seizing the means of production. And they're also much smaller right. and less populated than we are. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. But so when they say, you know, these countries are socialist and they're not, they're capitalist. And even Denmark said, Bernie, stop calling us socialist. We're not. Mm. Bernie actually has proposed seizing the means of production. He proposed 20% of all corporate shares being held for, for the employees of the company to receive dividends and bonuses and stuff like that. And it's, 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 it's like, oh, okay, that's an interesting idea. I think... Companies should implement that on their own, but it's one step towards we're giving 20% of the company to the people. So owning the means of production. Then eventually the DSA people, they tell you they're social Democrats. Social Democrats are the people who are like, you choose what you buy. You choose, you know, where you work. You choose where you go to school. You save your money. You buy the things you like, but you'll be taxed a lot for healthcare, for military, for police, for fire. That's social social Democrats. That's like Scandinavian countries. The DSA is straight up just like sees the means of production for, you know, Z and Zer. So what happens when the Democrats in Nevada, they quit and now party leadership is all DSA. What happens in, you know, five years, four or five years when large swaths of the Democratic Party have been taken over by the far left? Trump supporters are going to be like, no, no, just not happening. So when you have the uniparty between the corporate Dems and the corporate Republicans, this is all their fault, by the way. They did nothing. They extracted from the system. They blew people up. They, they milked it for all it was worth. And it led to people getting extremely angry, which leads to right-wing populism and left-wing populism. These two tribes are further away than the uniparty was. And if the establishment Dems and Republicans actually listened to the people and actually worked on things, say not bailing out big banks— like stopping them from this mass uh, conglomeration of these banks, which which made them too big to fail, which led to Occupy Wall Street, which leads to riots. And then you get a left and right version of populism. I think 
Trump has already taken over the Republican Party. It's, it's, it's his. Yes. You know, there's a lot of Republicans who are weak and pathetic and will probably be voted out at some point. The Republican Party has become the party of Trump. Everybody seems to agree. So it's, that's it. Now the Democratic Party needs to become the party of Bernie or the Democratic Socialists. At that point, it's basically we have two political parties, Antifa and the Proud Boys. And then what happens? There's going to be someone in Congress caning the other guy. Oh, and then what happens? What country is that where they were like jump across they do the it aisle? In Britain. Is it in Britain? Yeah, they in do. Britain. Really? They have, yes. You have to keep crazy. your toes behind the line too in Parliament. <laughs> they have like lines stuff up, man. Because people would fight. Now, honestly, mutual combat in Congress, I mean, I'm not totally against it. <laughs> I'm down. Like you gotta, you yeah. gotta put it on I'd TV. Yeah. Pelosi and Schumer. Yes, yeah. let's go. My money is on Marjorie Taylor Greene for oh, everything. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> She'll jump on people like a spider monkey. Well, but but is it but is it Republican versus Democrat or is it everyone versus everyone? Anyone it's that wants to tangle, yeah, Wild West. just throw your hat in. Wild West, R- Royal Bring Rumble. Back yeah, I, I would, I would, I would bet Marjorie Taylor Green near the top. Mm-hmm. But you've also got, you know, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't like Beast. him. Yeah, but yeah. a commander. Yeah. but he was, you know, he's, he's not fit. that old. He's just, he's, uh, he's just, yeah, don't, he's fit. don't mess with ex-military. Tom Cotton, yeah. Uh, Lauren Bubbert's armed. Yeah, she's armed. so uh-huh. <laughs> she'll win really quickly. AOC's a Puerto Rican, right? Oh yeah, we, so yeah, she's yeah. tough. That's Puerto Rican. Yeah. I'll give her a little bit of credit. <laughs> I, I, know, like I think I think AOC would be tough. She seems like tough. Yeah, she, might she, be, she, she might be scrappy. She's sharp. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Yeah, she's at least a Puerto Rican. I think so. I yeah. think Nancy she's Pelosi. She'd be the first one banging on the door, help, saying, "Screaming, oh, help! Let me out!" She's so old. Break her hip. Mm-hmm. Mitch, Mitch McConnell would actually survive the longest because he would retreat into his shell. He would. Yes, <laughs> that's part yeah. of it. But they wouldn't defense. do it because it was a mutual combat. So you just get these young upstarts that want to prove themselves. Can't take it anymore. Super old people. It is funny, but I do think that if you end up with, and I mean it somewhat facetiously, the party of Antifa and the party of the Proud Boys, like, they're going to start boxing the, each the other. The problem is Bernie, I think the Democrats should be the party of Bernie, and probably things would be going a lot smoother if it was. But the media was totally against it, that this established, like, warmongering community wanted Hillary in and they wanted Biden in. It's, it's the way I see it is you've got this, you know, uh, body of water flowing. And instead, and they're trying to dam the river with sheer force immediately to stop the, the tide of Bernie Sanders. Instead, they could have, you know, used controls to shift the flow and have some control over what was going on. I legitimately believe they fortified the election against Bernie. Like I, I mean, they said they did. Yeah, I don't. Fortified I do not believe. Well, I'm trying to. Use <laughs> That's the correct term from That's Time right. Magazine. Can't, That's right. We're we can't get to banned for against that, right? Bernie. No. Oh, against Bernie. Yeah, yeah. That time, right. that, that no, time. I fully believe that. So I mean, but no, we we know this from 2016. This is this oh, is yeah. undisputed. Like they gave CNN you know, or CNN gave Hillary Clinton the questions, the mm-hmm. Donna Brazil all that stuff, and uh, this time around, Time Magazine wrote that article and they said the the plan began in fall of 2019. Well before the Democratic primaries. Bernie was on fire. Yeah. And then Iowa. Who won Iowa? I guess that was just like. And then all of a sudden, all of the Democrat, all the Democrats quit and then endorsed uh, Biden. Yeah. Except for Elizabeth Warren, who was like siphoning Bernie's voters for the last couple days. Yep. So weird. I think that they cheated him in 2016, though. Like, I legitimately think that he won. I'm like crazy That's conspiracy theory person on this. Like the actual numbers, they were just like, "Ah, eh, we're just going to give you different I don't, numbers." I don't. I don't. I yeah. don't think so. I know I that do. they. they well, tweet well, listen, those listen. In the emails, they were trying to discredit him based on his race and stuff. They, if you look at Hillary's emails, it was a little disturbing. The, I think the, the I, I call it Ocean's Elevening. It's like they they fortify it. 
I, th- I really do think fortify is the right word to be completely it's the honest. safest word. That's for no, sure. No, no, but, but, but hear me out. Like in, in fall, in, in uh, October of 2019, Pennsylvania changed the voting rules for mail-in voting. So that's like the rules were, were, were changed. And there's a legal challenge as to whether, whether or not they were allowed to do it. Right. That never got resolved. So call it what you want. But fortifying basically means people who supported Joe Biden fortified the things that would give Joe Biden the win. So we actually had Sean Parnell on the show and he was talking about mail-in voting. And I said, do you think they're doing this, you know, to like give them an advantage? And he said, they're doing these things because they think it will help them win. And they're right. I know, I know a lot of people, I was shocked to find this. You know what was surprising to me? There are some people who told me they're voting for Trump and then only afterwards they admitted they voted for Biden. There, there are a lot of people I know who don't care about politics. There's this one guy I know who is like, has no business being in politics because he is one of the dumbest people I've ever met. He's just some skateboarder guy. And all of a sudden now he's like ranting about things that don't make sense. And he's like, we need a $24 minimum wage. And I'm like, that's even more than what the people are arguing for. They're under 15. You're like way above everybody else. But there are articles saying this. And the guys only become political once the election got fortified and they were ramping up the rhetoric and then telling everybody what for riling them up and saying these things. And there were a lot of people who are like, Hillary has to win. We can't have, you know, we can't have Bernie. Hillary has to win. And so when you control the corporate press, when, I mean, we're just talking about this. When you can lie and falsely frame things, use clever tactics and regular people who don't pay attention are sitting in like their workroom and they see on TV something where it's like Donald Trump, you know, kicked a puppy in the face and it's clearly false, but they passively hear it. And then, and then one day there's like this guy and he's like, I'm not going to vote for Trump. He kicked that puppy. And then the person goes, Oh yeah, I guess I won't, I wouldn't do that either. And so they, they push the, the fake news, the manipulation, the lies and the narrative. Fortify really is, I think, a good word for it. Cause I think, I think one of, the, one of the things I don't like about this idea that anybody really got cheated is just that I don't think the people who control all the corporations, uh, the people who control massive multinational corporations, people like Zuckerberg, they don't need to like sneak into the back room. They need only drop a million bucks in the right direction. This is why I'm, I, I you know, another, another uh, area where I really agree with the left is Citizens United is bad. Uh, I don't like the idea that people can spend endless amounts of money on super PACs and PACs. I don't like the idea that George Soros or the Mercers or the Koch brothers or Mackenzie Bezos can be like, we're billionaires, so we can dictate the flow of information. I don't like the idea that Michael Bloomberg goes and dumps hundreds of millions of dollars across the country to guarantee that prog- like progressives and Democrats win. That's subverting democracy. And he does it in the name of gun control. So I'm like, we need to have some restrictions. I'll tell you this. A lot of people have said to me, but Tim, there's a limit on how much you can donate to someone. You can only give, I think, what, 2300 bucks or something? Yeah. So what happens when you're Tom Steyer and you're like, okay, I can only give 2300 bucks, but I can give 2300 bucks to literally every single progressive running. Well, that's clearly going to have a major impact. You can buy ad space. You can buy, you know, you, you can buy airtime and get access. The Republicans can't. Granted, you still had, you know, I guess the Mercers were funding a lot of stuff. You do have those interests as well. I don't like any of it. Could I theoretically donate $2,300 to a candidate and then make a commercial supporting the candidate and get the candidate to say, I support this message at the end of it. And then that money that I spent on the commercial would not count towards the 23. No, you can't do that. Okay. That would count as a donation. So what, what, what you would do is you make a commercial where you're like, Cassandra Fairbanks is the best candidate for this country. Yes. This ad was paid for by Ian Crossland likes Cassandra Fairbanks. That, oh, okay. That's what you, you'll and hear. That would not be a donation. So I could do as right. many of those as I wanted. So the, the, the idea with Citizens United is that you're allowed to say whatever you want. You have free speech. 
if you want to buy ad space and say you like a candidate, you're allowed to do it. Now, fundamentally, I do agree with that right to free speech. If I want to buy a commercial where I explain why why I like a certain candidate, I should be allowed to do it. This is where the challenge comes in. The reason why I don't have a a real solution for this problem is that so what? So what? I have this big show and I can talk about why Tulsi Gabbard is so great, giving her massive press and attention. But you, Ian, you know, you don't have that show, so you don't get to do that. That's why Citizens United basically stood, because it's like, well, it's not fair that someone who has access to the media gets to dictate and other people don't. You see what I mean? Yeah, it goes back. I was reading a little bit about it. It goes back to like the, I think it was the 1800s when um, they used to kind of keep money out of politics, like explicitly. They were really anti, like they didn't want to pay. I think Ben Franklin didn't even want to pay Congress people at all. Um, but one guy was running for, I think, president and was like, why can't I use my own money to pay for my my thing? I want to I want to take the train around the country and spend all my And they were like, yeah, that's a good point. It's your money. You should be able to do whatever you want with it. So he used it to fund his campaign. And that was kind of the precedent for, for it's a challenge. The challenge is cause I've talked to a lot, I've talked to a lot of people about this. I don't like the idea that big billionaires can just dump money and they can just crush it, shut everybody down. But that it doesn't. That the problem is, like I mentioned, so what? You know, Jenk Uger of the Young Turks will have access to all of these millions of people to tell them what to think, and no one can challenge that. No one else, because even right now you can have people pool their money together to buy a commercial, and that's what a lot of political action committees do. So it's tough. How do we solve that problem? I honestly don't know. I don't know. Because like influence is not money. Money can yep. buy you influence or buy you the opportunity to produce influence. But making a video online is also money can't buy that. Like that's that. And, and, there, and there, there would be too much speech you'd have to regulate to actually shut down billionaires buying influence. How do we keep it from becoming a popularity contest? That's what it I, is. concerns me a lot because you get stupid people that are really popular in there, which I feel like we're staring at right now. No, not, it is a popularity Stupid's contest. a little harsh, but unintelligent low information not the best yeah not the smartest low information people are uh that's the that's the ticket for democrats winning with a shiny haircut and you know i said it before and i'll say it again it's not to disparage democrats but 16 year olds are not high information voters and democrats wanting to pass was hr1 has a provision to lower the voting age to 16 Mm -hmm. those are not high information voters 16 year olds would literally be the lowest possible information voters you could get. It's not their fault. And I don't, I, 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 maybe I'm already hearing the 16 year olds yell, I'm ageist. Okay. There's a few of them out there that are probably way smarter than the rest of us. Right. So there's a, it's, it's an issue of experience, knowledge, and wisdom. And I am being, I don't want to say stereotypical, but uh, I think it's fair to say that somebody who is 20 has, is, 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 is typically going to have more life experience. Than a 16 year old. Not always true, actually. You know, like I had my first job when I was a little kid, my family's business, and I didn't go to high school and I meet people who haven't had jobs and they're 26. Yeah. So clearly, like when I was 16, I was more qualified to vote than some of these 26 year olds, but it's a tendency. And, you know, it's, I guess, a challenge to figure out where we draw the line, but I think we have a pretty good line right now. You're 18, you can enter a contract, you can join the military. I think, I think the drinking and smoking age should be, should be 18. the same. Yeah. Yeah. If you can die for the country, you can have a beer. Like, that's crazy. But I think that that makes sense. The, the, the point, though, is that Democrats strive on those who have no idea what's going on. I think we should raise the voting age to 21 instead of lowering. I think you're right. And the military age, too. Yeah, they should all be the same. They should be higher. I guess five. I would I would put it up to 25 or 30, yeah. honestly. Yeah. The voting age? Mm-hmm. 35. But also <laughs> joining the military. I don't think we should be shipping babies off to war. Agreed. I think that we should... You know, you should have had to pay taxes and deal with things before you're voting. 
But the, the thing is, back in the day, an 18-year-old was an adult. Right. Like, not anymore. legit an adult. Yeah, but that's not the case Probably anymore. Probably kids. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, right. well, well, back in the day, people wouldn't live much past 65 either. And that's, that's caused not true. huge. So it's caused, well, so when they put, you know, Social Security into effect, they were like, well, this will be like, if people make it to this age, they're lucky. There won't be many of them. No? There's a misconception. Okay, so explain The, the lower life expectancy was due to infant mortality, not due oh, to how long someone lived. Yeah, I think Benjamin Franklin lived to be like 80-something. Yeah. So if you survived oh, past childhood, you would typically live to be in your 70s. So why did we set it to 65? Uh, wasn't it early, Wasn't it way earlier and we keep pushing it back? Like, wasn't the retirement age like way lower before? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I yes. started at 65. I believe it's getting pushed back. We are. We are it, it definitely is. It's, it's consistently being pushed be. back. But I mean, the problem is, it was really interesting when we talked to Ben Stewart about Strasshaw generational theory, because he was he, he said the book basically points out when all of these boomers are eligible to collect Social Security, there's going to be a crisis because where's our money going to come from? Because it ain't there. Just print it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we had this major collapse. It's going to be crazy when uh, millennials so reach Social Security age like. <laughs> It's going to be a bunch of look. The thing is, you're going to have the you're going to have Gen you're going to have baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials. Well, actually, I guess so. Millennials are what 35 now, so it's another 30 years before they hit that that number. At that point, the boomers are probably going to be mostly on the way out. So you're going to have Gen X and boomers screaming at Gen Z to pay up. We want that money. And we got this life extension. Have you guys been studying the Harvard life extension stuff? Nicotinamide mononucleotide. Yeah, that's we right, should probably, yeah. We're looking at getting David Sinclair on the show sometime. He's a genius. How long are people living with that, though? Well, actually according to them, yeah, it, you longer. And they give, he was giving it to his dog. The dogs are living longer. Oh, wow. It's still in early studies. But I mean, hypothetically, 130. You'll be at an 80. Jeez. You'll look like you're 80 when you're 130. And then it's just going to keep getting longer. So we're going to – the boomers will be around for a lot longer than we anticipated. <laughs> And yeah. so on and yep. so Great. on. So it, it it might very well be boomers, Gen X, and millennials all screaming they deserve a social security check. And then what happens when you have boomers who are getting checks for 30 years if they, yeah, if they all start living to be 90 It's crazy 90s. that the incentive to stop paying them is for them to die. Like what kind of system about, have we built? How about we just up. stop foreign aid? That would help. Right. Take care that's of our idea. citizens. I don't know. Dr. Seuss says that you're a bigot. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. I was gloating a little bit when he got canceled, to be honest. Everybody was like, Cassandra, no, we need you on our side for this. You're like pro-free speech. And I'm like, yeah, but he was like one of the original cancelers. It's true. But I will I will say, like, he was definitely a war propagandist. We had when we talked with Michael Malice about this and he made good points about World War One, that it was like, what was the like, seriously, what was the main point? Who who are we fighting? Why were there these alliances? And it was basically just a large war. And it's like, okay, and then maybe there's a good point to be made there about war propagandists pushing us to join World War One. But World War Two, I think, was pretty clear cut. No. You don't think so? No. Not at all. And I actually would have been on the side of not um intervening in World War Two. But what actually was going on in nineteen thirty nine, nineteen forty was there was a bipartisan push against war. And it wasn't because they supported Hitler or because they didn't want to rescue the Jewish people. The The issue was that they didn't believe that you should be fighting wars for Europe mm. because right. we were a separate nation. We were on a different continent. We weren't in any danger. And so the belief was, which it was bipartisan, like very bipartisan. There were socialists. There were far right. Like everybody was in it. Walt Disney was a funder. Um, they They just didn't think that you know, United children, American children should be fighting European wars. And you have to remember that 
at the in the early stages of this, people didn't even know about the concentration camps. Right. They didn't know about what was happening in Germany. And so the argument wasn't about whether or not we should intervene. It was, should we help Europe? Right. And so people opposed it. Of course, when Pearl Harbor happened, all the people who were in America First Committee and other anti-intervention groups immediately were like, oh, forget this. Like, of course, yes, sign me up. We'll go fight. Now we've been attacked. Right. But the issue wasn't – it wasn't clear-cut back then because there were a half million people who joined the America First Committee, which was yeah. opposition to intervention. And what Dr. Seuss was fighting was – the isolationist views of Americans, because a lot of Americans were isolationists after World War One. Right. They were still grieving people. They were still suffering effects of having been in the war. They didn't want to go into another war. And so they had to make it seem like all these people were racist and And that's know, what Dr. Seuss did. Yeah. And the, that's the exactly man with the what they do now. Beards. The famous comic is that there's a guy who has America first and his beard is connected to a Nazi. Yeah, I have a whole book of all his war propaganda, and it was good. I mean, it's the same stuff that they use now. <laughs> right, right, right. It right. literally is the same thing that they do to anti-war people now or, you know, pro-peace people now. I'll tell you, though, there's there's a real challenge with, in my opinion, with World War II, because as, as much as I think what we're doing in the Middle East is complete garbage and trash, and I love the Abraham Accords, if we didn't intervene in World War II, excuse me, World War II, the strong possibility, I guess it's fairly likely to say, Nazis would have won. And exactly. then all of these horrifying things they were doing would, would have persisted. And so with that in mind, I look at what China is doing now and I feel much the same way. But again, see, here's the thing. Here's the real test. As much as I can be like, well, look, I wasn't alive during World War II. I can certainly understand why it was good that we went in and uh, stormed the beaches of Normandy, D-Day, surrounded, you know, Germany, shut down Hitler. Now I look at China and like, it's, it's, it's real now. It's not looking back in a history book. Now it's, there's actually a question of, Tim, do, are you saying you would support a military intervention into China to stop their concentration camps? And I'm like, wow. Because what I think people need to realize is we can look back at what happened in World War II and think it's so easy to make that choice because we know we won. Now we're looking at China and we're looking at the concentration camps and there's the real consideration of we don't know what will happen. It could be all out nuclear annihilation between everybody. But how do we stop those concentration camps? There's always unintended consequences of even a good intentioned intervention. I mean, look at Dresden. Like people don't like to talk about it, but read Slaughterhouse-Five. Read about what happened and what people went through there. They We leveled a whole city, you know? Um, yeah, Dresden got firebombed and 300,000 yeah, people. I think the, it, they would create a vacuum under the fire. Like the whole city was on flames and it would create mm -hmm. underneath just this vacuum that would suck people in and up into the flames. Yeah, just, it was gruesome. Wow. I, I mean, it's horrific to read about what happened there. And people like to memory hole it and just think, oh, we were heroes. We did good. And that's not necessarily – I mean, it is true, but you – you know, there are bad consequences of it as well. Never that and yep. it's always, always the case. Look what happened in Libya. We went in. We're like, hey, we're heroes now. Now there's open slave trade. Um, there, there's always unintended consequences of intervention. And I don't think that people uh, really put enough thought into it. People are just like, oh, it's good. We stopped the Holocaust. But then they don't think about the fact that, you know, Dresden happened and all these other things. So there's a sadness to it, even though we won. You know what I mean? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I agree, especially with all these other countries, Libya especially. Mm -hmm. Like, man, did we really, did the United, I, should, I hate saying we, the United States really screwed that up. Hillary Clinton, we came, we saw, he died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Sidney Blumenthal, her friend, Sid. 
according to Hillary, with his Osprey Global Solutions weapons manufacturing company to arm the new American-backed rebellion, like just just total arms running to make money, a profiteer off and this now, war. And, and now the Biden bombing in Syria. Since Here we go again. So there's, there's, there's a big challenge. Like I was saying, you know, we look back on World War II and we're like, of course it was great, but it's because we know we won. What if we, what if we lose? What if we lost? Now we're looking at China and these concentration camps and, you know, many of us are saying they can't be doing this. What do we do to stop it? And the first, first thing I'll say is where is any politician to be screaming in the Senate chamber? The United States should cut off business with China while they're operating concentration camps. Instead, what do we get? Well, um, uh, Democrats view them as partners, as partners. Disney says thank you to the paramilitary who is operating concentration camps. And, jo- and, and we need our president to demand that Congress pass legislation saying the U.S. will not do business with China. That might lead to war. It will lead to war. But isn't it better that we go from an economic approach and say we're not going to start a conflict where we're killing each other, but you have to stop concentration camps? I mean, economic warfare will lead to boots on the ground. It will lead to people dying. It's the way it always has been. Do we just I mean, leave Pearl the Harbor, a lot of that was over, you know, weapons. sanctions. And weapons and gas. Uh, being sent to Europe and stuff. Well, it was uh, the U.S. sanctioning Japan. Yeah. And so I think that there's consequences for these things. I think that, you know, economic warfare is still warfare and it's going to lead to death no matter you're, what you're, happens. I agree. But so, how do we how do we how do we then what do we do? About, like we, we can't keep doing business with China while they're operating concentration I, camps. I don't know if it's our job to be the world's police, though. I'm all for you know, promoting made in America products. I think that we should bring manufacturing home. I think we should incentivize that big time. But I also am not sure I necessarily agree with the U.S. having to get involved in every conflict. There's horrendous things happening all over the world every day. It's true. And we can't save everybody. We can't. There's a a lot going on in a lot of these African nations with these extremist groups that are kidnapping little girls. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point. Uh, A lot of anti-war people do point out, especially like anti-war left says people get really focused on China and these concentration camps. Like, why aren't you talking about what's going on in like Nigeria and things like that? We only care what the media and our government want us to care about. It's it's the same reason people cared so much about Venezuela. It's because they the U.S. government wanted to go in and. You know, overturn. Get them on the OPEC dollar. Right. And so they make you care about certain atrocities. Right. But there's atrocities everywhere. And yeah. we can't do everything. We yep. need to fix our own nation. We're kind of screwed right now. There's homeless people everywhere. There's We have enough problems. We need to fix our problems before we try and save the whole world. They I tell think. us that every day on a plane, you know, every time you fly... Secure your mask before securing the mask of those sitting mm-hmm. next to you. Take the plank out of your mm-hmm. own eye before trying to remove the mote of dust out yeah, of your man. friends. Is that the yeah. saying? That's what that's Jesus a, said that. Brutal. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Indeed. But you have to. I mean, if we, if we, it's remarkable to me that we are a country that in the midst of a pandemic with a massive economic collapse, we gave away huh. like hundreds of, hundreds of millions of dollars to foreign countries. It's like, yo, like a bunch of people are like out of work and going to be evicted. So Why are we title. giving money away? My favorite move on that whole thing was Paul Gassar. He figured out how much 1.9 trillion, how much that would be divided just among Americans who need yeah. it. And that's $10,000 almost. And so he put in the bill an amendment to give all Americans $10,000 <laughs> wow. and to take out all the foreign aid. Because that's how much they would yep. get for if, him out of the foreign aid. That would have been something, man. If right? everyone got 10 grand. Yeah, but it would really do hyperinflation. Right. I guess we it, did it anyway, though, didn't we? We just gave it else. Absolutely, elsewhere. absolutely. Yeah, and it's and, and still going to infl- you know, lead to a flood. It would have, yeah. The issue now is, here, here's the best part. 
those U.S. dollars being sent to these foreign countries, they get spent in, on, on, on American stuff. So instead of giving money to an American citizen, they give money to a foreign or a foreign government who then contracts and says, now do work for us to the American citizen. Get it? Mm. Well, it's Lockheed Martin. It's a welfare Big program for, for our military industrial complex. And as far as I can it tell, is. it's the Bank of International Settlements that's choosing to print the money out of the U.S. Federal Reserve. So then it's the same ba- global money. They're just making it in the guise of the American dollar instead of the British pound or the Australian, whatever they use in Australia. Maybe they use the pound as well. Yeah. They just chose to print it out of the U.S. to hyperinflate the U.S. economy. So they're using us. Mm. Of course. And then they're sending our money all over the world. At least the politicians are. So maybe they're in cahoots or maybe they're just stupid. We're in, we're in an economic collapse. Your business was shut down. Then your politician gave money that you paid into to a different country. Huh. That country then orders... Something from America, they can use the dollars. Maybe it's oil or maybe it's like some software manufacturing or service in America. So now here you are as the American citizen being told you have to do work for, say, you know, like Yemen because they receive, you know, military aid or something. And you're like, I'm so desperate for work. My government didn't give me a stimulus check. And then you hear some foreign corporation is hiring people to do a certain job. And you're like, oh, please give me work. The government gave your money away to someone else and then told you to go work for them. That's nuts to me. Because that's, that's what they'll do with the, with that money. Admittedly, I think they'll mostly buy oil with it. Because the petrodollar, if they want to you know, buy oil, they got to trade in that. But there are a lot of, like, what can you really do with U.S. dollars? There are many countries that aren't America that actually use the U.S. dollars, their official currency. It's true. And some many countries actually will accept dollars because it, it is valuable. But for the most part, dollars are good in America with American citizens to buy goods from Americans and services from Americans. So that money being given away basically just means you will do work. For other countries, while your business, your livelihood was completely destroyed by these politicians. We are being extracted. They are ripping away the wealth. And I don't mean, a lot of people on the left, this is frustrating, I think wealth means wealthy, rich. Wealth means like your accumulated resources. Your wealth could be a $100 bill in your pocket. I just mean like your resources, your money, your access, your hard assets, your currency, your, your liquid assets. They're stripping that away from you, devaluing it. And giving it away to foreign governments. Yeah. It's really obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is insidious. It is dastardly. I love that Babylon Bee article. Masked bandits steal a few trillion from your grandchildren. Yeah. And it's like Nancy Pelosi wearing a mask. It's, yeah. it's in plain sight. I mean, I think it's in plain sight. It's in plain sight to me because we've been talking about it a lot. Is it not in plain sight to the rest of the world? absolutely in plain sight. And everybody watches it happen. I mean, look. That's why I'm saying it's going to get real interesting with the, the, the Democrats quitting and the, and the Democratic Socialists moving in. Left and right populists disagree on a lot. Many of them absolutely hate and despise each other. But they all really hate the establishment. And they all are basically screaming, that's a lot of missiles you're, you're firing off for somebody who owes me $2,000. And it sure is. Everybody can see it. The establishment has lost control of this. So there's some optimism in that. Whereas perhaps this leads to... The, the corrupt establishment falling apart and then a new wave of people who actually care about the people come in. But then there's concern that it leads to just chaos, you know, and things are going to get really, really bad. Like we, we were talking with Ben Stewart about how 2028 is supposed to be the end of the winter period where we're in absolute chaos and conflict. Oh, I could see that. The, the, the end of the last conflict was the end of World War II. So quite literally up until the point where people are killing each other and bombs are dropping and all this crazy stuff's going on, Dresden's happening. Then finally, when we declare we win, that was the start of the of the spring. So we're supposed to be getting into the worst of it in the next seven years. 
maybe maybe we do i keep thinking about china like the reason we we went in well i guess it was it was when hawaii got bombed when pearl harbor got bombed but really when hitler invaded poland is when the world was like oh whoops and went and declared war in germany like britain france they all declared war in germany after they invaded so if china were to i know they're there's didn't didn't, talk didn't Britain do nothing until they got blitzkrieged or something? Um, no, no. First, France and England, they did nothing. Neville Chamberlain signed a peace. Peace in, in our time. Yeah. Was like, hey, Hitler's cool. <laughs> time man of the year. And then Hitler, they gave him the Sudetenland, which was part of Poland that used to be Germany before the Treaty of Versailles. World right. War One. actually took part of Germany and gave it to Poland. Apparently, the Polish government was executing Germans. They were like, this is Polish land now. It was really horrible. So Hitler was like, that's reason for me to invade. That was his. Yeah. And... They gave him the Sudetenland, Neville Chamberlain. Now it's good. He's not going to do anything crazy. Then they invaded Poland. And right. that was when Britain and France declared war on Germany. And then Germany was like, ha, ha, ha. And they drove all these tanks into France through the Ardennes Forest. And then uh, France was like, we give up? Yeah, France had this Maginot line, this giant defensive line, prepared this impenetrable line. But they didn't put it through the forest of the Ardennes. They were like, they can't get through there. But Germany had the tanks. It was wow. new technology, the unexpected technology. Yep. The Blitzkrieg. Yep. And China, you know, that's the thing about going to war is the unexpected technology. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If we if we truly like like it's it's a good point you were saying about unexpected consequences. If right now we all got, you know, righteously indignant and said we must stop the concentration camps in China, and then all of a sudden Xi Jinping is flying around in a Gundam wing, like full mech suit with like a giant sword, and we're like, Oh man, what have we done? We can't stop that. We don't, we don't know what kind of weapons they're using, cyber attacks. They, you know, many people believe, and I'm not going to pretend to know all, know all this stuff, but there's something called industrial control systems. And I talk to a lot of people who believe all the governments basically are in a Mexican standoff where they've infected the industrial control systems of other countries and could flick a switch and just take out other water pumps and their oil refineries and electrical grid instantly. What's that, that weapon? It's, um, it's like an airplane. Something in space or in electromagnetic air. pulse. Yeah, where it can shut down all the electrical grid. That's my biggest. That's fear. what my dad was because they, they don't, yeah. they don't kill each other. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. But when Bannon was in the White House, I believe he was saying that China had them. Yeah, and I, I, I just remember reading the article and being like, "That's freaking terrifying." Yeah, <laughs> like how that actually yeah. scares me. So yeah. build a double Faraday cage. Yeah, you know, in your basement, store all your your goods. So you build a Faraday cage, and then you put a microwave in it, and then you put your stuff in the microwave, because microwaves are also a Faraday cage. Hmm. And then, I didn't know microwaves were. Yeah, yeah, Makes yeah. sense, obvious. So, you know, a lot of preppers will buy microwaves and then put cell phones in them and stuff. <laughs> but it's not enough. You need more than that. Because I've, I've actually been in Faraday cages, and they're not perfect. They can't stop everything. There's leaks. Right. So you, you build two layers and then try and fortify it in might, the event they have an EMP weapon. You might be able to build, I think, I think EMPs will will knock out batteries too, like discharge all the batteries. Really? But I yeah. think. I think but, I've heard that too. I something like that. But you might be able to build solid state batteries that could like resist the. They EMP just block. had had the first like breakthrough with a solid state battery. It's like literally just happened a few like a year ago or something. They've got these ago. nuclear batteries where they store nuclear waste in glass, oh, carbon wow. glass, and it just produces massive amounts of like I don't know huh. what kind of heat energy. So those those would would defy, I would imagine a. But then you got to capture the energy, I don't, obviously. I don't know what they got, but okay. I'll tell you this. If we, you know, we recently had that guy come out, the Navy patent guy saying we have reality warping technology yeah. and warp drive, whatever he called it. And I think whatever the military's got, we wouldn't know. Like the Manhattan Project was, was crazy compartmentalization. Nobody even knew what they were building. That's the crazy thing because they separated in different groups. 
Smart. So people were like, I don't know what I'm building. I'm building rivets. And then only the people at the top knew what they were combining to make one of the most powerful weapons mankind has ever seen. I would imagine that's going on right now. You want want to know what's crazy? Yeah. The bombs we dropped on Japan, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the bombs we have today are, I believe, 1,250 times more powerful than the bombs we actually used. So when you see, you know, the footage of these tests or whatever, you have no idea what one ICBM can do because we've never actually seen it used on a, on a civilian population. We, we've seen uh, the, the first, I think the, the atomic bomb that we used was a gravity bomb. We just dropped it from a plane. Mm-hmm. Now we have intercontinental ballistic missiles, the multiple independently targeting reentry vehicle, the MIRV. It goes up into the stratosphere and then drops eight to 12 warheads and then peppers just all these bombs substantially more powerful. Yeah, talk about the nuclear submarines that we don't know are all around our coast right now. Like the Chinese nuclear submarines that are just up and down the West Coast that we can't detect. Don't mess. So we we, we might get some, you know, righteous indignation and we're like, we must end what's going on in China. And like I said, I, I know it's silly to say Xi Jinping in a giant Gundam wing mobile suit or whatever, but they might come out with, you know, sonic weapons, EMP weapons. Uh, you know, we, we heard about that story about the Havana syndrome where they're yeah. using some kind of directed energy weapon to like make people, this is, this is scary stuff. So I don't know if this is confirmed now. Wasn't it like, didn't they confirm some kind of weapon? They, they didn't confirm some kind of weapon. I think they thought it was like some kind of low level ultrasonic frequency. They didn't so say that it was a weapon. I don't think people were hearing a hum and then all of a sudden they became photos, sick. photosensitive. They, yeah. they were sick. They would get dizzy. Their memory would, would, would be screwed up. You can do that with sound too. Yeah. Yeah. When I was an yeah, audio yeah. engineer, I remember we had a huge long conversation with another producer about how certain frequencies can make you lose control of your bowels. And yeah. Stuff. The, the brown, brown note. note. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sing on the, the toilet note. sometimes <laughs> to try and hit that brown note. The legendary try brown note. Yeah. No, but it's true. Like, um, you can like make people like double over and like yeah. cripple them. There's with sound. This is crazy. So when I was working at Vice, one of the stories we were working on was this guy who specializes in photo in, in directed energy weapons, and we never ended up doing the story because access is always it was a challenge. But what people think about directed energy weapons is they assume it's like you're holding a a plasma blaster or like a blaster from Star Wars, and you know, like lasers come out of it. One of the directed energy weapons he had was it was a strobe light that flickered different colors. That made you vomit. Wow. It reminds yeah. me of the Transmetropolitan comics where he has the bowel disruptor gun. Well, have you guys so seen? Powerful. Have you guys seen? Uh, Kick-Ass have you guys 2? read that? It's uh-uh. The best no. comic ever. You got to read it. Have you guys seen the movie Kick Ass Two? Uh-uh. She no. has the sick stick where when she pokes the girls with it, they start vomiting and, oh, no. and crapping their pants. Well, so there's actually so they claim I, we 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 didn't test them out, but it's like it's shaped like a, a gun, but it's a, a round strobe light, a bunch of LEDs in different colors. That when you point at someone in flash, it makes them physically nauseous. And if they, if you hold it for, for, I think like 10 seconds, they'll start throwing up. So it, they, they were, they were pitched as crowd control weapons. I don't know if they use them or I don't know if it's legit. There's also the Dazzler, which is a directed energy weapon. It's a high powered laser. And what you do is you hold it at someone's face and you click it and it blinds them for 30 seconds. So the easy way to, it's a laser, high powered laser. And the way it was described to me is like, you know, when you like look at a bright light, and then you see there's like a spot there for a second. Yeah. Imagine if your entire field of vision was that and all you could see was that weird spot, but it was everything. You're blind. Wow. And then you have to wait for your eyes to like, you know, come back and like start seeing again. That's what dazzlers do. Mm. You, you, they, they hold it and click it in your face and then you're blind and they use them in the Middle East. Directed energy weapons are, are serious business, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so we don't. 
No, go ahead. So uh, news came out about four weeks ago about the Havana weapon syndrome, whatever it was. And apparently they couldn't decide if it was a weapon or not. They they kind of dragged their feet on figuring it out. And I guess the CIA shut down, the U.S. shut down CIA operations in the area and have been running the embassy with a skeleton crew ever since. So Canada pulled out altogether. They pulled their diplomats out. And it looks like they have no idea what happened and they're not interested in finding out, which is really interesting to me. It sounds like a weapon to me. I bet there's a whole bunch of crazy yeah. weapons. Do you think yeah. they have rods for God, rods from Definitely. God built? <laughs> so I don't know if it's, I don't know. Tungsten, you said it was like tungsten gravity rod. tungsten rods yeah. that come down and cause mass explosion when they hit yeah. the ground. Rods from God. Probably. Or th- it just doesn't make sense anymore. I'm telling you. Well, so, Especially with China. But it's, it's psychological warfare now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do believe that, I, I, look, I think China is absolutely fanning the flames of the culture war. Because we are we are on the verge of ripping each other's throats off in this country. We had an article from the Epo- uh, from the Epic Times saying secession, like it's time to talk about you know legitimate separation of the states. You've got, I mean, Luke and Michael Mouse on the show have been like, maybe we need a peaceful divorce before things get crazy. And I, I, don't, I don't even think I know a lot of people on the left. Whenever they hear this, they immediately say like, "You're fanning the flames." I'm like, it was John Podesta hmm. who told the boss. I think he spoke with the Boston Globe, or or it was related to the Boston Globe. He had advised West Coast states to secede, or I'm sorry, he had said it is better that West Coast states secede if Donald Trump wins. Like that's what should happen. Wow. So it's been Democrats talking about this stuff. So it's not just Republicans. It is like you know, you know, you know. What I mentioned, I mentioned a couple like last mm-hmm. week. That a lot of people like uh, Bill Maher, Mendes, he he get it wrong. He was like, we can't have a civil war. I think it was Bill Maher. It's like the Mason Dixon knot line would go through Nana's kitchen. It can't happen. Oh. And it's like, what makes you think it would be a replica of what happened a hundred and you know seventy or sixty years ago? It would not be. Right. It'd be very very different. Yeah. And the borders yeah. wouldn't. There wouldn't be borders. Canada and Mexico would be thrust into it. It would be terrible. Yeah. But here, here's the main point. Back then, there was a moral fight. Abolitionists were storming. Like, sign me up. I'm I'm in. Hans Christian Hegg was not even American, and he was an abolitionist. I think he wasn't American. He may have become American, but he was an abolitionist who fought for the Union because slavery was wrong and must be ended. It was the North saying, we will end slavery, and the South saying, get out of here. We can do what we want. Like, you know, we have our rights. Our states will operate as we want. You have no right to come in. And the North being like, for one, you're not going to destroy the Union. You have no right to do it. And you had people fighting a moral battle over slavery. There's no moral battle today. If, if right now, we're hearing from Democrats, yeah, well, if Republican states leave, then they're going to suffer because the blue states subsidize the red states. And then I see other Republicans going, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we don't want your money then. So if right now, I think if you actually had a legitimate like question between the factions, like a, a, an Antifa leftist or an establishment Democrat, how would you feel if a red state decided to leave the union? They'd probably mostly be like, good. Good riddance, I guess. And if you ask Republicans, they'd probably be like, yeah, absolutely. Bye. There's no moral battle. Like, you're not going to see establishment Democrats being like, we must preserve the union. You're not going to see it. I mean, you might see corporate establishment warmonger yeah, types being be. like, the, we must preserve the military industrial complex. <laughs> would be like, we're going to siege your ports and maintain your uh, oil uh, fields. Uh, uh, we're not letting the state uh, go. Ian, the corporate kleptocracy. Yes, the kleptocracy yeah. <laughs> will, will steal the seat of governor and replace someone new there. I think, you know, there there uh there was a poll where they asked about Texas secession when because you have, you know, Alan West endorsed this bill, it's going to legislation that will actually allow them to vote on secession. Most people's like 65% said no, they can't secede, but it was like 20 
five or so percent or more said they should. And there's a small fraction saying, like, I don't know. But I think as things carry on, like if we get to the point 2024, Donald Trump wins, right? All of a sudden, you're going to have all of the blue states being like, yeah, that's secession stuff. Like we're, we're back on board with that. And then you the Republican states are going to say, deal. Have a nice day. I can see if China started a splinter like that, if like different areas of China started to go independent, that would be like maybe the, the end of the Communist Party. And, and there would be a lot of, a lot more willingness to maybe, maybe become military, militarily active against China. And if that happens, so I would imagine if it happened in the U.S., the same thing. People would think about that about the U.S. They'd be like, oh, now's our chance. Let's go. Let's take it. So no secession, no breakup. Right. Not if, right if now. If we break up, China just laughs. Yep. They just say, okay. It's more important. That's why we stay together is the bigger picture. But I'm, I think that's what I was saying. Like, I think China fans the flames on purpose, hoping it's going to happen because it's their victory. Yeah. There's I, a lot of bad things for them, for sure. I, but. I would love to get a Soviet expert in here to talk about the fall of the Soviet Union because it kind of just happened peacefully. And I tried to watch a documentary and it's very confusing. I think a lot of it happened behind the scenes and the corporations were involved, but it was peaceful. It was the dissolution of the Soviet Union, like the most dangerous communist threat the world had ever seen up to that point. Maybe the most dangerous threat the world had ever seen, maybe besides the Romans uh, up to that point, well, or the U.S., depending on who you're asking. You know, obviously. So um, yep. I'd like to see something like that go down in China, but I just don't know <laughs> enough about Russia's... Uh, I don't know, man. But I'll say this. Should I, should I mention what you got me for? <laughs> yes. Cassandra. You got me canceled again. <laughs> again. Then should I not? Should I not? <laughs> no, it's fine. Cassandra got me this really great card game. It's called Right or Racist. <laughs> and it's, it's actually like, it's, it's, I, I was wondering, it's like, is it going to be like a pro Trump thing or anti Trump thing? It's not. It's, it's neither. Yeah. There's actually like some really, really interesting, really interesting things. So like the cards ask you a question. Statistics. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. There was one where it was like, um, what was the one that was surprising? Oh, it was like, uh, a study found that most female truck drivers are lesbians. Yeah. Is that right or racist? And it doesn't really mean racist. It's like, are you a bigoted or, and it turns out or it's is like it a stereotype. Right. Yeah. Is it a stereotype or is it true? And that one was true. Apparently that's what the card said. <laughs> nice. And it's like, and it, and it shows a MAGA guy, and he's got like, you know, goateeing and sunglasses or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, it's true. There were some really surprisingly messed up questions where it's like, this is true, and it's like, yikes! Like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna mention what they were. Yeah, but it's really fun though, because <laughs> like, so I have, I have to say, I would actually argue this is moderately anti woke, because some of these cards, even if it's true very much so would get you canceled like i'll put it this way if you who who was it who got uh was it tommy robinson tommy robinson tweeted about statistics in uh uh uh, child abuse in in the uk and they banned him for it and like even majid nawaz was like whoa wait but that's true like he got banned for tweeting a legitimate article about crime stats so I'm pretty sure those cards would get you banned. A yes, lot of them. I think so. <laughs> yeah. If we filmed ourselves playing this, it would just like we'd have to beep out almost complete sentences. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. so be funny. It. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And they take aim at everyone. Wait, wait. Here's what <laughs> so, be yeah, really funny. Here's what be really funny. You would read a card and it would say like in 2017 they did a study and found that this group does this thing, and then whenever it turns out to be true, we're just like, and is it true? It's beep. <laughs> it's censored yeah and then we'll go okay, next card it's not true it's actually a statement so you know right because like only when it's true is it censored and then when, like when it's not true it's like we're fine oh, yeah, we're that'd be good. really really funny but great. uh anyway ladies and gentlemen we're gonna go super chats if you haven't already you have to do a couple things it's my birthday yeah cassandra's birthday is in two days yes so you have to do this for both of us 
Smash that like button. Yes. <laughs> it is a birthday like button smash. And uh, uh, you can get Cassandra whatever you want for her birthday. But for my birthday, go to TimCast.com and become a member. Yes, let's do it. So a big birthday bash. Let's get everybody say, Tim, happy birthday. We become party. members to your website. We have good news, too. We're like, we're, we're getting really close to the new website. It looks really, really awesome. I'm stoked. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to come. So uh, thank you all so much for, I mean, we already have a whole bunch of super chats for everybody, how, you know giving stuff is presumably for my birthday because they all say happy birthday you filthy animal you look good for 40 and things like that but uh thank you guys so much for the birthday wishes and the like button smashing everybody's smashing the like button now see normally on the show i'm like smash the like button like a hundred people will do it now it's like a thousand jumped instantly like all right it's your birthday i'll give you a like button now just because it's your birthday thank you guys happy birthday happy birthday thank you i am 35 years old so how weird ancient yeah, you know what's crazy is like when like I'm 35 and I'm thinking back to like my 20s and my teens and I'm like it really is interesting how when I was like I'm like man I've been skating for like 22 I've been skateboarding for like 22 years. Jeez. 20 I wow, more than half of my life has been, you know, with a skateboard, skateboarding and doing all that stuff. And it's just like really crazy to think about how much of my life there is. It's weird. Yeah. It's going to be crazy when I'm 60 and I'm like man, I've been skateboarding for like Seventy years. Oh, That's wait. what you're gonna sound like at sixty. I guess I don't know. Have you met a sixty year old? Yeah, they sound fine. They sound normal. Be like an eighty year old. Yeah, I'll probably sound the exact same. To be completely honest. Yeah. All right, my friends. We got everybody. Just smash that like button. That was awesome. You guys Ooh, rock. Thanks, guys. Uh, but but for real, it'd be really cool if uh, people signed up for TimCast.com because that's like the big mission is to create our standalone thing. And I'm talking with some comedians and some writers about doing like entertainment content that's not news commentary and growing like a bigger media brand that does more than just talk radio type stuff so so fun but we'll read some super chats and uh a lot of happy birthdays so all i can really say is like everybody's saying happy birthday ryan c says it is also my nephew's birthday he is five happy birthday march march 9th is the i believe it is the the apex the peak of pisces the best birthday yeah when does pisces end do you know i don't know Nobody knows? I don't know, yeah. I know I, I'm I no a Pisces idea. in the sidereal zodiac, but an Aries in the tropical zodiac. Ah. There's and multiple zodiacs. So it doesn't, is it like March 20th, I think it ends? I know nothing. Yeah. Like March 9th is like right in the middle. I know I'm a Pisces. Do you identify with, it. you're a Pisces? Yeah, you guys are both. Do you identify with Pisces? I guess, I don't know. We got to get a swimming pool. That's true, yeah. We do have to. Let's go swimming, swimming fish. Pool. 100%, let's yeah. go fish. fish. Water signs. So uh, normally... <laughs> Rick Ortiz says, please slap Ian as a birthday present to all. Don't do it. <laughs> no. A slap, uh-huh. like a, like a S-L-A-P-P thing? Yeah, I don't know. Slap. I'm just uh, wriggling out look, of that one. I, I, I do want to read as many as possible, but uh, a lot of them are basically just happy birthday, happy thank birthday, happy birthday. Guys. So thank you all so much for happy birthdays. Fritter says, happy birthday, Tim and Cassandra. Howdy to everyone else. Love the show. Thanks. La- laughing dog bear says another night with cassandra and then an emoji with a bunch of hearts and roses around oh. it and then a skull and crossbones oh happy birthday tim i guess <laughs> i <Aww>. roll <laughs> j mac with the very big birthday super chat saying Ooh. happy birthday you big lug <gasps> i've been a long time listener for a while and i've been happy to see how your career has gone my wife and i are big time timcast IRL fans and i've turned many of my friends and, and, and family member onto your content Keep on keeping on. It says contact, but I think you meant content. Keep on keeping on. Absolutely. And happy birthday to Cassandra. Thank you. Carl says, happy birthday to the milkiest, toastiest beanie wreck I know. Thanks for all you do. That's right. 
Xander Klein says, can't watch at night, but it's great to listen to you guys while I work the day after. If the judges are afraid to pass a fair sentence, it just shows how bad things are getting. Stay safe, all. Get that mobile app, and I want to hear this in the morning. Heck yeah. We are going to be setting up a mobile app as well. Super cool. So most people who watch the IRL special segment stuff, uh, it's on mobile. And so that's why it's like, we just got it's one step at a time. We started the website. Tons of people signed up, and I'm like, now we can hire someone mm-hmm. to build like a really big, powerful website. And then the more people sign up, and each and every month, it's like more we can start growing and expanding. And we're looking to do a lot more stuff. A lot more stuff. Casey McDonald, thanks for the birthday wishes. It's a happy birthday. And uh, Crystal Sparta, happy birthday. Lots of lots of happy birthday wishes. Well, here's Bob, who has, uh, he says, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, had an article called, it's 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. Now it's called, this is how your city could change by 2030. Oh. Yep. What, they renamed the yeah. article? And they deleted, they had a video mm-hmm. where it was like, COVID is healing cities, and they oh, deleted yeah. it. Oh, I hope you got oh, a copy of that Yep. Because yeah, they're like, maybe we things. shouldn't say the quiet part loud. Uh, that was a meme, too. <laughs> like, the, right. people kept doing, like, the world is healing, and it was, like, just ridiculous. People dying. Coronavirus. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like listen, they listen, actually listen. did the meme. Watch the movie Kingsman. <laughs> you talk about that a lot. Because yeah. in the movie, it's an awesome movie, Samuel L. Jackson plays a villain who says that humans, he says humans are like a virus, and the planet is warming. It's a fever to kill off the virus. I just find it really interesting that you have that. And, and so the villain basically decides he wants to cull human beings and only the chosen elites will be allowed to survive to heal the planet. That's his, that's his plan. That sounds like good writing. It sounds like Utopia or whatever that show was. Similar. Similar. That, You're right. I love that show. I like the, the, the British original version. Yeah. So now we have the World Economic Forum saying the world is healing while well, quite literally a pandemic decimates you know, populations around the world and destroys people's lives. They're like, it's healing. It's like, define healing. You see how they view it. This is important. When they say the world is healing, they're not talking about people. And so it's a really scary thing when people prioritize objects and possessions and other things outside of human beings. Yeah. So look, I'll be the first to say it. I I asked this of Alex Jones. What if they're right? The world is on fire and about to end and we must take dramatic action. Like what if we are leading ourselves to ultimate destruction? And he said, it's a good question I think about every day. You know, it's a challenge. But I guess if you don't believe in the authoritarianism of these liars and kleptocrats, people who we we have caught lying and manipulating us, then we have to just defend freedom, liberty for the individual. I don't trust them. I don't. I, they're buying beachfront property and flying on private planes. I don't think they're being honest with us. We got rid of straws and now we're killing all our sea turtles with masks. Uh-huh. Right. It's all just ridiculous. I like the idea of spreading out. We This is something we talk about a little bit before. And Tim, if you guys don't know, was feeding peanuts to the crows yes. and the squirrels, and they went to war for the peanuts. <laughs> yes, they did. So <laughs> Tim uh, yesterday decided, I'm going to make two piles of peanuts, mm-hmm. and now they don't fight anymore. Well, yeah, so that was today. So the other day, I put out a pile of peanuts, and because I, I saw there was an area where, like, we have a bunch of you know, birds, and there were some squirrels, and I was like, I'll put out a big pile of peanuts, and then, you know, let, let, the, let the animals just kind of have at it. And then I, I noticed the squirrels and the crows were starting to go at it. So first the crows came down, started eating, and then they would leave. Then the squirrels came out and started grabbing peanuts and running away. But then when both the crows and the squirrels were there, they started doing the shuffle back and forth where they're like coming at each other. And then like, <laughs> if the squirrel would get too close to the pile, the crow would jump at it. But then the crow couldn't pick up a peanut in time because a squirrel would lunge at it. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, I've started a conflict. <laughs> and so today, most of the peanuts were gone. I just left one pile there and then I moved another pile over. And guess what happened? The crows Peace. just avoided the fight 
and went to the pile of peanuts and started doing their thing. And there was like six of them. It was crazy. <gasps> and then the squirrels were like running over. The war was over. So the reason I bring it up is maybe we can reorganize our planet or spread out into other areas of the, the galaxy, universe, so on. So that Sounds we don't like nationalism. To. It's better than this authoritarianism. Yeah, maybe a new nationalism. All right, let's see. Marcus says, happy birthday to the new king of Chicken City. Yes. <laughs> we, so we got these. Um, they're like little houses. Oh they're like gosh. legit little houses. For chickens to like walk into and do their so you know cute. chicken thing, and uh, so it's like we have like I think there's three, there's like two or three little chicken houses, and then like one chicken community center, and so you know we're gonna set it up and then we're gonna double layer protect it from predators, and then we're gonna have a little chicken city. Set up some GoPros. I am also yeah. considering chickens. Yes. Oh, I do think. It. No, I think it's a good idea. I'm trying to, to talk to, my boyfriend into nice. it. Nice. He'll do it. Not agreeing yet. <laughs> I'll we'll have to see our chickens. I first. do think it's a good idea for us to get a computer and set up the live Chicken City cam. You'll have one Chicken City cam, like big one, and then you'll have one in the house so they can see the house cam when they sleep. And then they <laughs> can switch. People might watch yes. it. You'd be surprised. I watch the, the weirdest stuff on YouTube. I like to watch people harvesting carrots. Oh, I'm fun. like, oh, is it going to be a big one or is it a little one? <laughs> like, I, I watch gardening channels all day. I love it. And so, like, Anytime somebody puts out a, a carrot harvesting video, I'm like, yes, this is the stuff. Well, what we can Damn. do is, well, we're not going to get, we, we can't get roosters. So this is a challenge because roosters are important. They protect and, you know, the chickens. But so we're going to beef up security for the chicken city. And it's just the roosters are too loud. Like we do a show. We can't have roosters screaming all the time. But a dog. Uh, we could get a dog. Um, Luke has, you know, uh, Atlas. Mm. So maybe could train the kitty. You know, that'll be nearby. I don't think the cat. The He's cat not will big probably, enough. <laughs> probably want to kill the chickens. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, what we'll do is we'll name them. I think we can get four reasonably. Might be tough because it might not be enough. Excuse me, enough space. We'll name them and then we'll do real world Chicken City. Yes. And then we'll do like we can film fake little you know confessionals where the chickens <laughs> like you know in a little <laughs> chair at the camera. And then we'll do funny little things. But then once we have that, then people who watch Chicken City drama can narrate what's happening to themselves. Like, oh, you know, like Sharon just pecked at Janice. Oh, like snap. she's mad because Janice is Debbie. trying to take take the, the, the protein layer. And she, and she knows, you know, and it'll be really funny. <laughs> Confessional I hear chair. people have been tweeting that the crows will actually protect the chickens oh. from chicken hawks. Interesting. Really? Yeah, I haven't confirmed it, but that sounded kind of interesting. I'll Google that, yeah. So what we can do is we can put stuff for the crows shiny around the things? chicken areas. And then, oh, yeah, they like shiny yeah, things, Yeah, they right? can do. You can also put string going up above any fencing that you have. And the hawks and stuff will see it and know not to go in it because their wingspans are too big. And if they see oh. things that are that are impeding their flight, they won't go. They in. won't go in. So a lot of farmers. I watch homestead videos literally all day, Maybe every authority, day. Yes, but uh, yeah, they put string across the top of the fencing, and that ah. seems to work. So the, the chicken houses are guarded; they're mm -hmm. like protected. And then we're building a full enclosure around Chicken City so that it's going to be covered on top as well. Right. Cool. But then we have the bigger area where it's going to be exposed on top. So we'll do the string thing. We'll yeah, lay the strings yeah. on top. I'll, I'll send you the video I watched yeah, about that. Hey, it's pretty clever. good. It explains it really well. We're going to have to uh, probably hire on like a one-time chicken whisperer mm -hmm. <laughs> who can like tell us like, here's how you set up the food and the water and here's how you keep it clean and here's what you should buy and here's what you set up. I can tell you how we did it. And then like, you know, heat lamps and stuff. Yeah. 
I, but you know, I like the idea of having a chicken whisperer. Okay, I understand. Who can come in I do and understand. like when the chickens are like angry or whatever, and they you know pecking at us, they can like whisper the coos, and the chickens would like fall in line and then start following <laughs> orders. Did you ever see that chi master that would go up to like the bison and do this, and they would all lay down one by one? I think they were bison. No, that's it's amazing. Awesome. It's on YouTube. One awesome. of those Stanley Superhuman for episodes. All right, Big Mac Attack says, how's about I just give you my money and also become a member? What do you Ooh. think of that, Baron Von Beanie? What if I also smash the like button? Happy birthday, Tim. Wow, wow if you did all three. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nalu says, I love it when Sour Patch goes, yes. yes. I try not to do that. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Paul Sam says, every time I see Cassandra on I Donate, she rocks. Oh, Cassandra does, in you. fact, rock. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Happy birthday, Cassandra. <laughs> Christian uh, Montague says, happy birthday, Tim. You're my favorite YouTuber. I haven't missed a podcast since you started the show. Much love to Lids and Ian. Cassandra's cool, too. That's awesome, man. Here we go. Mike Paula says, World War II was 87% peaceful. On most days, there were no battles. True. It's it's true. It really is, yeah. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Indeed. Yep. Fair enough. (laughs) Deli Opla says, my half-Asian son is also a Pisces like you, so happy birthday, Tim. Have a beer on me. Very cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, we we get these really great beers. I can't, I can't say what they are because it would reveal too much information. They're but delicious. they're like local, local yes. produced. So they can it in front of you. They like pour it and then they put it in a machine and they oh. can it. You're gonna have right. to tell me later. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's know. so cool. Yeah, so cool. I want one. Yeah. We'll get some. All right. Not so, Jean Sebastian Matt says first super chat ever. Ooh. Guess your birthday is good enough excuse. Keep up the good work and happy birthday, Tim. Thank you all very much. BlackRock Beacon says, happy birthday, Tim. You've been amazing this past year, and I look forward to another amazing year of great news coverage and new creative projects. You and your podcasts are a voice of reason in unreasonable times. Never stop doing what you do. P.S. Follow me on Minds. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Lord Trinan says, I was living in Ferguson when the riots were at their peak, not far from where the worst was happening. What the people of Minneapolis are feeling now, I lived through too. Brace Mm -hmm. yourself, friends. Yeah. Yeah, I was there on the ground. I was there with you. Yep. We watched some real crazy stuff go down. It was, it was surreal driving down Florissant when West Florissant, when all of the buildings were set on fire and you're in, people don't realize, man, how much like, if you ever go to a bonfire, you probably will get it. But a lot of people don't get this. You're in the street. You're hundreds of feet away from this building that's just engulfed in flames. And it feels like the fire is right at your face. Yeah. The heat (laughs) output is exponential of a fire. I think it's hotter in the middle, the more surface area. So that that's a weird phenomenon if you're not familiar yep. with it. And people don't realize you get sunburned, mm-hmm. you know. So I, we, we, I was with Luke. We were in uh, Belfast during bonfire night or whatever. And they have like, how tall are these things? Like dozens of feet tall or like 50 to 100 feet or some ridiculous number. And this huge fire is raging. It burns into the ground. And you're standing far, far away and it's a white blinding light and you can feel the heat. And it's like... You point a camera at it and it just like blows the camera out. It's crazy. We are so vul- we're in these vulnerable bodies. We've yeah. created such an amazingly safe environment relative right. to what these bodies can handle. Very squishy. Mm. We got. Uh, I, I got to tell you guys, I appreciate it, but I think we have way too many oh, super chats. To be so completely many. honest, I don't Thank you, you know. Guys. I can't. I can't read through every single one. What a nice gift. Uh, pa- uh, Pavridge says, Tim, how much damage do you think Black Lives Matter is going to do if he's found not guilty? <sighs> if you thought last year's George Floyd riots were bad, yeah, that was when they're like, we demand he be charged. They charged him and they kept rioting. They kept rioting after the dudes got charged. So what do you think is going to happen when they're like, he's free to go? They're going to, it is going to be. I'm so happy I'm up in a mountain now. Yeah. Surrounded by right wing nut jobs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, like people talk about their plans for it. Like there's specific trees that they plan to cut down to shut off access to our road wow. and stuff. Whoa. Like That's planning ahead. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll show you wow. some of it later, but it's pretty it's cool. Great. I love it. <laughs> like my my community is they're very red. <laughs> <laughs> 908 says, "Can you make Cassandra a permanent member, please?" Uh, we can have Cassandra on more often. So just suppose if Cassandra so wants to come. We might be doing that podcast too. Uh, I might. Well, we I are. Yeah. To do it. <laughs> we are. I wasn't sure, you know, what, how much we should talk. Oh yeah, about no, it yeah. Uh, so I already mentioned we're planning on doing a crime, cults, mysteries, and paranormal podcast. Yes. So it's going to be. I don't know. It's like it's like these subject matters are kind of just like something about like a darkness around the world, like you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. I already it. have really great guests lined up. We need to come up with a name, though. If anyone has suggestions, please tweet them at me. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because, like, everybody's gotten every name ever. Mm-hmm. You know? Reminds me of, like, Saturday Night Live when they were, like... I don't Actually, I can't tell the joke because I think YouTube wouldn't allow it, but... Wow. They basically made a joke about how there's no domains left, and so it was a really awful domain for a business, oh, and we'll no. just leave it at that because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> some, some people might know the joke, but YouTube will probably get mad at me if I say it. Hefty Fine says, just a super chat simping for Cassandra. Aww. But also, happy birthday, everybody. There you go. Thanks. OMG Puppy says, Tim, George Alexopoulos put up a cartoon about you an hour ago, abducted by a UFO while you were feeding your chickens. I saw it. I reposted it. It's George, so wonderful. Uh, we all retweeted that one. Yeah. yeah G Prime so 85 on Instagram and Twitter, some of the best so art. Great. We have George's art on the walls because it really is some of the best. So good. Like, humor as well as just really good I, art yeah, i don't know if so i'm biased well that tim pool one is one of my favorites just yes. the, artistically right the chicken who's like jaws I left, love like it. Beak is hanging open so staring good. at the ufo <laughs> the, the perspective shot huge and put it back there yes or something. Yeah. <laughs> i want it behind tim like four times the size of these yes it's great it's a really big one maybe we can yeah we can put it somewhere maybe, yeah, maybe on, on the out. back wall would yeah. be funny yeah. behind you at least actually yeah it would provide some definition yes yeah we should totally do it george are you listening? We want the big UFO chicken one. <laughs> I think I'll make it happen. Just gonna give time. All right, let's see what we got. Not Heisenberg says, Congrats on your latest trip around the sun. Thanks to you and the team. Thank you all so much. Let's see. Rachel Yana says, Why does Lydia always have the last word? Bye, guys. That's how long. Okay, so that's how long it takes me to judge before I should click over because I'm the one that pushes the button that ends the show. So let's oh. try to give it a couple seconds. That's why. She's a powerhouse. I must have the last word. <laughs> da, da, da. Tristan McCartney says, hey, Tim, did you hear about the accusations towards Stephen Crowder? And what is your opinion? I haven't. What, what, no. what, has, any, has there been mm-hmm. accusations? I haven't heard it. Heard I know he like tweeted out some video where he went to the gym, gym dressed as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and some, some leftist commented, Stephen Crowder likes dressing like a woman a lot. And I was like, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but he does. I think Shuan had made a joke about it where she was like, men... Used uh, used to look like this, and then she points to Hassan, and it's like him with his shirt off, taking a picture in the in the mirror, and then she's like, "Now they look like this," and it's Crowder, just like a woman. <laughs> He's easily as big as Hassan, right? Like I know, but height. it's funny. Yeah, they're both like, freaking ripped, but yeah, that's pretty. Funny. <laughs> I just think it's funny that Crowder dresses like a woman so often. I don't know how often he does it, but there's multiple occasions where he's Three done times, it. Three times, I think. Yeah, he went to the Planned Parenthood to get a pregnancy test yeah. or whatever. He went to the Women's March. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. But to be fair, he does dress in a lot of different costumes all the time. Yeah. I think he just likes, you know, wearing costumes. He's a lesbian. silly, yeah. It's good content. Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) Oh, judge. All right, let's see. Um, Happy trip around the sun, Tim, from Mr. Hellspawn. Cassandra, the penalty for my thoughts about you are illegal in several countries. Love you. (laughs) Yikes. Great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Christina H. says, can somebody please tell Ian that he looks like Ian Hills, Judas Priest, Offspring? Look up photos from the 80s. My dad and I love you all. It's cool to see Cass back. Happy birthday, Tim. 
Yay. I'm looking him up now. Yeah. Ian Hills. Googling him. Robert Barnes. Hey, Robert, how's it going, man? Says, hey. happy birthday. Great to see your success and best to Cassandra. Thanks, Robert. And thank you, Robert, for the super chat. Appreciate We're, it. He was, uh, Robert Barnes represented me in the OK sign. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yep. Cool stuff. If it's Let's the same, see. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Robert, is, yeah. Okay. I'm assuming it is, too. I don't know. It's Let the me. Robert Barnes. <laughs> now, isn't he doing something with Viva Frey? Doesn't he? Is that? Yeah, they yeah. do like a podcast together. Right on. Yeah, super cool. Sure. Hawkeye says, Tim, what do you think of the Warhammer 40k set coming to Magic the Gathering? Oh, that's right. They're doing... Is, it, is that what they're doing, Ian? I like the sound of it. And they're doing Lord of the Rings or something? Cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds neat. That sounds fun. I like Warhammer. Do you ever play it? I have never played Warhammer. It's fun. It's like a tabletop, dice rolling, kind of like D&D &D without the D&D. &D. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Here's an interesting point. Quinn Reed says, the Citizens United argument is like Borat 2. Should Borat 2 mm. have been banned from being released too close to the election? I don't think so. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is duplicitous, but I certainly think he's allowed to put out his movie. And that's, that's, that's the worst movie I've ever watched. Was it really? You watched it? Yeah. Uh, I was like, I got to see what the fuss is. And sorry. like, I like, I like ridiculous comedy, even if it's like about our side. But like, it was just gross. It was, <laughs> I, I really was not a fan of that one. Did you see Borat the first one? No. I laughed that was a so long time ago. hard in the theater. But, I couldn't stop it. But it, was it wasn't crazy. political. No, it was not just, at all. It was, it was just, just trolling ridiculous it was trolling people pure ridiculous pure now it's troll. like it, it's it's crazy to me that in order to be funny you have to attack the other side like so borat's whole thing is like mock trump and his supporters but it wasn't even funny like there was that guy who did a parody of like a cpac speech the other day and he's a leftist and i thought it was the funniest thing i have ever seen i was cracking up and it, it's really oh, corny, right, right, but right, like right. it was so good yeah you showed me but, that. like borat was not funny it was gross it was like period jokes and uh, just like gross oh i hated it i yeah i'm Sasha not offended guys like awful that it's stuff gross. it's just Cringy. it was just non-stop like potty humor Ugh. yuck it was gross <laughs> not my jam mm -mm. all right let's see what we got here fine castle says hey tim longtime lurker turned member here i watched a video on gamergate and the person in it suggested that we need a follow-up to it given the current climate in gaming journalism thoughts the culture war some say Gamergate was the first major battle in the culture war. We are well beyond that. You, we, we don't even say social justice warrior anymore. We say critical theorists. It's like really grown up and mature. This is almost, what was it, seven, seven years ago? Mm. Seven, eight years ago? So like, these are people who are like in their mid-20s, now in their 30s. It's much more academic and professional at this point. So I don't know if we need to follow up to Gamergate. Some people have talked about it, I've seen that. I think more so it's becoming more academic, but... I wonder if it's going to burst because we did have a story we didn't talk about. Maybe we'll talk about this in the members only section. Whoopi Goldberg is 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 critical of the cancellation of Pepe Le Pew. Oh, and oh, Disney's yeah. like banning a bunch of movies or whatever. So when you get people like Whoopi and she's like, "Why are you getting rid of this stuff?" It's like, I agree. Like, just put a thing on and be like, "It was an it's an old movie, whatever. Watch it or don't." Good. Damn, that's twice in one day. I agree with Whoopi. Crap. I know. Right? Wow. What else did you say? She oh. had a great video. Uh, Megan McCain was like going on about stupid Megan McCain stuff, whatever the hell she says. <laughs> and Whoopi just looked at her like, okay, <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I was like, man, that that's relatable. She's sometimes relatable. Whoopi. Hmm. She I, was. Uh, she was great in Star Trek. Yeah, she yeah. was great yeah. in Ghost. Yeah, Ghost is like, fun. I just watched Ghost recently. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. This is good. I like Whoopi Goldberg as an act, as an act, as actor, actress, actress, whatever. I loved her. PC term is at this point. Yeah, I can't watch The View, though. I, re- I remember I was reading about when she joined Star Trek, and she apparently, like, reached out to the producer, or she told her agent, like, get me on Star Trek, and they were like, no, 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 you don't want to be on this show. She's like, yes, I do. And they're like, no, really, you, you, you're so much bigger. You're a movie star. And she insisted, so they got her the recurring oh, role. Fuck. I read, I don't know if it's true. I just, I, I, she I, brought her, like, a nice sense of realism to that show. I think it was cool. I think Gina was a cool character. Yeah. I think, yeah. I really like the, I forgot what the name of the episode is, where they go through a, a, the, uh, um, totally, I'm usually really good with my Trek stuff, but it was when one of the, uh, the Enterprises got pulled through time into the future. I love those episodes. Which resulted in the Klingons, like, never signing a peace treaty with, uh, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the, the Kittimer Accords. <clears throat> Jeez. What the heck? Never man? signing the Kittimer Accords. And Guinan was the one because she's like an age old being who realized the time shift, the timeline shifted, and then helped put it back to normal. That was a cool episode. Star Trek's so good. I know too much about Star Trek. Not enough, though. Like, I'm not <laughs> the biggest Trekkie. But, dude, I really love that one. So, like, for those that aren't familiar, basically, the Klingons and the Federation were at war in this timeline where they never signed the peace treaty, the Kittimer Accords, essentially. The Federation's on the verge of being wiped out. Humanity is going to be totally destroyed. But what had happened in the original Star Trek timeline, because the Klingons were bad guys in the original series, is that the, enter- uh, the, the Federation answered a distress signal because another alien race, the Romulans, I believe, were wiping out a colony of like women, children, and families. And a Federation ship sacrificed itself trying to save the Klingons, wow. which the Klingons are very much about honor and, and, and like power and pride and all that stuff. And they were like, it was very honorable what you did. And that led to this peace treaty. It's, it's great writing. Oh, that's, I, I just, you know, you, but you know why I, I talk about, you know why I bring this up? Because it, it makes me sad to watch modern creative content, like modern TV shows and stuff. It's just so dry, so generic, so boring, so repetitive, so blockbustery explosions. And it's just like, give me a good story. Inspire me. Tell me about how humanity would have been wiped out were it not for these people who risked everything to save their enemies. And that, you know, made the other, the, the Klingons be like, that was so brave and honorable. Like, you know, thank you for helping us. And then peace comes. I just love that writing. That's the stuff that kind of that inspires me. And then I see the stuff today and it's like white people who are immortal sacrificing Ugh. an interracial gay couple. <laughs> it's a movie called Spiral. And I'm just like, I get the message, but it's just not clever writing. It's just like very on the nose and not inspiring in any capacity. It's just, you know, but maybe maybe I'm just an old man. You no, know? And you're and in maybe, a subtlety. It's, no, the, listen, it's listen. normal. Maybe these 13 year olds, these 15 year olds who are on Snapchat and TikTok or wherever, are like, I thought that movie was really great. You're just a dumb old man. Huh. And then maybe, you know, I'm going to be like Abe Simpson from that episode where he's like, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. <laughs> now what it is is different. It scares me. It'll yeah. happen to you, it's too. True. <laughs> it's true. Like now what it is. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Mm. But then they changed what it was. That's so awesome. <laughs> Started yeeting and yellowing. Yeah, well, I mean, people say YOLO, I know, like, I know, I especially know. the GM, now the, the GameStop stuff. crowd and stuff. Which, by the way, is up to two hundred and sixty dollars. <gasps> oh, yes. snap! Love Crypto it. Did you become a millionaire overnight? Too. No, but I, I had, I did hold my GameStop stocks. Stocks. <laughs> yeah, stocks. I can't say GameStop stocks. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I can't say it. So I just, I just fully caved stocks. in and did the Heck stocks. Yeah. Meme speak. But yeah, it's way up. I'm and I my average buy is one thirty three. <gasps> and it's two sixty right now. What? Everybody's yelling at me to sell and I refuse. No. Oh, check this out. This is interesting. Julie Tuomi says, Happy birthday, Tim and Cassandra as well. My thirty thirty fifth birthday is Thursday the eleventh. 
Curious, I was born at Cook County Hospital, grew up in Cicero. Tim, is it possible we were born at the same hospital 35 years ago? Yes. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's well, great. I mean, Two days apart. Happy so birthday. I think it was Cook mm-hmm. County Hospital. I do believe that's, so that's where I was Gotta brought into this reality, brought into Down. existence. You guys shared a building. Yeah. <laughs> there was this crazy thing I saw on Reddit where it was like, apparently there's a photo of some little kid when he was like five. And behind him in the background, there's like a little girl playing. And then like two decades later, they ended up meeting. And then it wasn't until like they, they ended up getting married. And it wasn't until they were going through like family albums that they were like, hey, I, you know, I was there too. And then they looked and they have photos. Oh, and that's they were, cool. Yeah, that's crazy. It's cool stuff. All right, let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? We got some, some more super chats. Just a whole lot of happy birthday. So thank you all so much. Philip Ferris says, you talk a lot about World War II, but Vietnam was the worst slaughter of American children. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Re- American children. Oh, the soldiers. Jeez. Of American children? Devastating. If you consider the 18-year-old's kids that were getting shipped Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yep, yep, absolutely. Casey McDonald says, is it too late for me to uh, to learn to skate at 24? Absolutely not. No. I don't think so. Um, you can just do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do it. Krigler got into professional skating like in his li- mid-20s. Yeah. Or not professional, amateur. Was he considered a professional? He, he, he was pro, but uh, it, it depends. If in like the core culture, pro and amateur don't mean anything. So like quite literally, Adam uh, was a pro skateboarder for, I, I think he was on, Ar- I think he was pro for Arbor. I don't want to sp- yeah. talk out of turn because I don't know exactly, but uh, sounds right. he was pro and like he did events and he made money. He was professionally skateboarding. He was telling me he never even skated until he was in his 20s and all his friends were skating. He was like, okay. But so like in core skateboarding culture, like... You could be making a six-figure salary as a skateboarder, and they don't consider you pro until you get, like, a signature board. Oh. So it's kind of dumb because it's always, like, you'd meet people, and it's like, what do you do for a living? It's like, I'm, I skateboard professionally. And you're like, oh, for what company? Oh, no, no, no. I own, like, a school where we teach people how to skate, and we film videos, and then we sell them to families. And it's like, so professionally, I skateboard and produce content. But you're not jumping off buildings and winning, you know, going to the Olympics or the X Games or something, you know? Hmm. All right. Let's see. We'll do a couple more here. A couple more. Denton uh, Anenson says, Tim, happy birthday to you and Cassandra. Hope y'all had a good day. Thanks for all you guys do. P.S. Your shadow banning is increasing on YouTube. I'm not entirely convinced that's true. IRL, for one, is doing really, really, really well. It's just getting better and better. So, all right, let's see. Just Y says, me and Ian have the same birthday, April 2nd. Ooh. LOL, happy B-Day, Tim and Cassandra. What yeah. time? I was 419 a.m. Ooh, mm, four, almost 420. Yeah. Almost. Oh, almost, so almost April 1st, so almost close. 420. Oh, come on, man. Inches. All right, Steph MLB says, first super chat, happy birthday, Cass. Your work's amazing. Happy birthday, Tim. It's true. Guys age like wine, looking good. In my country, we have a saying, men age like wine, girls age like milk. Sad yep. but true. <laughs> Keep up the amazing work. All. Jeez, it's a brutal rude. thing. To, it's <laughs> very rare. Yeah, right. Harsh but fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to talk about, what we're, we're going to jump over to the exclusive members only section, which should be up in about an hour or so. And we're going to be talking about Disney cancel culture because Cassandra is like a foremost expert on Disney. I love Disney. Yes. Like the expert. A lot. Everybody gets mad at me. I realize that they're social justice warriors and they're terrible, but like, I'm never going to shake it. Just give up. <laughs> it's still but, it, but it's, it's like cancel culture stuff. So they're apparently they're like canceling a bunch of old films or whatever. We'll talk about that. So make sure you go to timcast.com. And you can grant me this wonderful birthday present by becoming a member and Do watching it. watching the content. And and it's not it's not just a present. You're also getting these exclusive episodes and segments. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So we'll be there. So make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. 
My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. We do this show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So, you know, come back, like, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or any podcast platform, leave us those good five stars or however many stars you can. Give, give us a good comment because it really, really does help. Seriously, that's how the podcast thing works. And uh, it's greatly appreciated. Cassandra, I, do you want to mention anything? Yeah, I'm over on Twitter at Cassandra Rules. Uh, my Twitter account is very vexing, I hear, so <laughs> be warned. Um, I'm also on Parlor, Gab, Telegram, everywhere else. And I write for Gateway Pundit, if you want to check it out. Uh, you guys can follow me at IanCrossland.net and all my social networks. Thank you so much for coming. Thank Tim. Happy birthday again. It's been a great Thank year, you, man. Sir. Looking forward yeah. to many, many more. Be even bigger and better. Yeah, I like it. And you guys, I love you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. So my, my favorite parts of the day is hanging out on Super Chats and yeah. getting the feedback and listening and, and interacting. It's super, right super quality. Yeah, man. And I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and at Minds. And I'm Real Sour Patch Lids on Instagram and Gab. Is that right? I can't get my socials right. Something's wrong with me. Anyway, happy birthday, Tim. I'm very glad I work for you. We happy are going birthday. to be... I yeah. forgot to say it in mine. Happy <laughs> no, birthday. You. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, whatever. You said it several times already. Yeah, yeah I've been saying. We're going to talk about Whoopi Goldberg complaining about cancel culture, calling out respect, and Disney canceling stuff. So head over to TimCast.com, and we will see you all then. Bye, guys.